You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Uh, shooting at it is concerning. He did say that he thought about shooting into the canyon before he went in, too, and then decided to... Bro, what if it's, like, a Boy Scout in there, like... Just clacking cheeks, bro? He's like, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, that's a Boy Scout leader. <laughs> uh, no, he's just like, I'm just doing my Eagle Project out here. It's like, spread Eagle Project. Yeah. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What up, guys? It's the 3AM Podcast. My name is Charlie. My name is Sean. My name is DJ. We're some friends. Tell jokes. Tell scary stories. Welcome back. Guys, if you're here for the stories, as always, there is a timestamp in the description. Go ahead and skip. You're not real ones. We hate you. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Also, announcement. Yo, what? We got approved. For what, dude? The 3AM podcast has been officially approved for all LDS missionaries around the world. They can listen to our podcast. (laughs) They can download it, and they can share it with their investigators. I was going to say, we better be able to share it with investigators, (laughs) because that's really all I care about. So if you are going out on a mission, or if you know a missionary, tell them. (laughs) Their mission president messaged us and approved of our podcast. So there we go. Nice. Bro, that's like... One giant step for 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I mean, truly sharing the gospel with the world. <laughs> Guys, how are you doing this week? All right, dude. Anything new? Anything fresh? I started that. Uh, I talked about it on a recent episode, uh, The Midnight Miracle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good. It's Dave Chappelle, Most Deaf, and Talib Kweli. Mm-hmm. It's not like any other podcast I've listened to before. They're just lounging around. It's cool, slow pace, because I think every podcast I, li- I listen to is just information, which I love, but it's the first time where they were just hanging out, talking, but it was still pretty substantive. The first episode is about how do you, how do you save people, mm-hmm. and they brought up personal experiences with uh, Amy Winehouse and Robin Williams, both who uh. have passed away from uh, their struggles. And it's, it's crazy. I'm sorry to interrupt. The different caliber. It's like we, you and I talk, and we talk about Kevin, my dog <laughs> Lucy. You know, those are the things we draw from. And it's like Dave Chappelle is like, I was talking to um, Gandhi. The other, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Like their circles. It's so crazy. The circles that that uh, those people run in, like they're all connected. It's really wild. Really wild. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was really refreshing, and it was uh, it felt good. It's also mad produced. Like there's music, mm-hmm. composition. Hmm. Uh, I listened to a section of it and really enjoyed it, but I need to finish it. Yeah, yeah. So if you're looking for a, a podcast that's a little more low key but still very worth your time, 
That's a good one to check out. Dope. Midnight Miracle. Yeah, help him out. Dave Chappelle, he's a small, he's small artist out there. Struggling, yeah. <laughs> so go give him a like. Support local. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Guys, we're doing pretty good. We, we are. We don't often talk about numbers, but I think we should. We should. Um, my thought was, I was, talk- I was talking to DJ on the phone today, and uh-huh. we go back and forth about how much we want to share like about our growth. We don't want to seem arrogant or whatever. or because well, we- nah. Slow down then, bro. <laughs> Not that we have anything to be arrogant about, but for us, this is huge. And we wanted to share it because I often joke we have 18 listeners. You know what I mean? We have 19 now? <laughs> yeah. But it's not the case. So we had our personal best, our highest, highest month yet. We had 16,000 downloads last month. Sick. Yep. We typically, oh, we typically get like 10. So. 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a huge jump. Yeah. Going from 10 to 16. Just wanted to clarify. Yeah. So it's it's awesome. We don't know exactly where the growth is, but honestly, the growth is the listeners. Bro, I was looking at our countries chart. We got homies in Norway. We got bro. We popping in Norway. Dude, what's yeah, up with like, that? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Norway and two K are like two and three, I think, or yep. something like that. I know it's crazy. Are those like, do you think it was tour browsers or actually people that are listening? No, one hundred percent actual people. <laughs> Now, I'm confident there's uh, a handful of people in other countries listening. They're probably browsing so. and they see you and they're like, oh, an- another. One yeah, of our us. kin. Yeah. No. I was listening he to He must be educating like, those other two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to mad Scandinavian music over the last week, though. So Sean has like, been. I yeah. know. I came in and it was like I was in a Viking sacrifice. Now, <laughs> this is Svalbard <laughs> or whatever. It's <laughs> like, ooh. Naughty, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. I was in a dark place, wanted to, you know, get Channel in touch it. with my inner self. So, oh, dude. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing super well. We're growing every day. And it is truly because of the listeners, you guys at home. So we appreciate it. Everyone out there who's downloading, sharing, telling a friend, it's working. Shout out it's to you. It's working. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's really. Now this is what sh- they call podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. It's a huge jump, like ten thousand a month to sixteen thousand a month in like two months. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. So, whatever we're doing, keep it up. I guess <laughs> I'm telling ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but thank you, thank you, everyone. Uh, like we've mentioned before, uh, there's reason to be excited. There really are big changes, bigger than anything we've done before, and this isn't meant to be clickbaity. <laughs> we've been, and we we have been working hard over the past two years just putting this on, but a lot of our energy and attention is directed towards just upgrading and expansion rather than just regular maintenance, which is producing the show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, look out for the next couple of months. You really will never believe. <laughs> let's uh, let's tell them by episode 100 there's going to be some changes visually yeah without saying everything visually audibly one of us is getting cut yeah yeah we've, yeah we're downsizing <laughs> yeah <laughs> one of us and is you'll never not, guess who yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no but cool yeah so did you guys see cbs cbs news a day ago literally said oh shit on their front page, 
And I quote, UFOs regularly spotted in restricted U.S. airspace. What? Bro, I don't know what it was, but there was a major shift. Yeah. There's, okay. How salty and happy are UFO conspiracy theorists right now? The Bob Lazars of the world? I told you motherfuckers for years, (laughs) dude. And everyone like ridiculed. Yeah. Hardcore, and now it's just straight up front front page news. Yeah, yeah. Eight months ago, it was the FBI is in possession of aircraft, and then a few months before that, it was like no zero official statement from it was a the go f- yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're a loon. <laughs> yeah, from my super gaslighty, bro. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's rude, dog. <laughs> super rude. Um, we had to organize a Facebook event worldwide to you <laughs> yeah. know. Storm Area 51. <laughs> and now they just be telling us exactly. Yeah, just They're like, like oh, we got to make sure these people don't storm us anymore. All, those weebs were pretty scary. Dude, that's yeah. probably why we need to tell happened. Them. Yeah. yeah. Oh. That's the shift. Ooh. <laughs> you said, I don't know what's happened. That's what happened. Real that's change. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know there was a guy who dedicated his entire life to UFOs, and he died like a month before they just started telling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know that happened. His whole life, his whole office covered, plastered. And he passed away. And then like the next day, they're like, yeah, we, we got him. So what? R.I.P. guy. Yeah. <laughs> they're so blasé about it, too. It's just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it, too, happened with the footage of the pill-based, pill-shaped UFO captured by Air Force pilots. So many people saw it. It was so undeniable. They have footage of this thing going from like 8,000 feet to one like foot above the water surface in an impossible amount of time. It actively jammed their radar, which is an act of war. They have no idea how. And like so many different sensors and things, radar, everything was tracking this. So it was right. like undeniable and that got leaked. And so they were, they were just like, all right. So and how long has... Underwater aliens been a th- like a theory because I feel like that's something that I've only recently been aware of. Apparently, it's been a thing, but I don't know. I don't know exactly. Yeah, the Japanese been new. Yeah, I mean, we tried warn you, <laughs> Gojira, <laughs> like we Pacific Rim. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, in the video of the aircraft and like you're talking about their uh, radio getting scrambled or whatever, you can hear the pilot saying, and if you look closely. The object has large pendulous breasts. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been watching that new that. Uh, Sasquatch documentary? Yeah, I, fi- I finished it. It's called Sasquatch, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, huh. I watched the first episode, <laughs> and then our Hulu is not working over anymore, <laughs> so I haven't watched any more. It works now. Does it? I, oh, it I rehooked been... it back up. Oh, sick. I'm going to go finish that. Yeah, if you want to know a little bit about it, it's done by this guy who's been an investigative journalist for a really long time. And at first, I'm really sorry, I judged a book by its cover. <laughs> so I see the dude on like Rogan. I see I see the trailer of the, the documentary. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't love this dude. <laughs> you know, I don't like. Come to find out. Uh, he's pretty legit. He's awesome. Yeah. He was sexually molested as a Whoa. child and like grew up, knew who the guy was. It was a family friend. And he planned to murder this dude. He planned out his murder. He stalked him for months. He knew everything and he was ready to do it. And before he like pulled the trigger figuratively and literally, he decided to like approach the guy and talk to him. They walked around the block for like hours and he basically was just like, dude, I'll tell your wife 
I'll tell your kids. I'll tell everyone unless you come meet and talk with me. So they talked for hours and hours and hours and he just questioned them. And he like, there was times where he was like, I could kill him right now. Cause he was like, he's a big dude. Yeah. And he finally decided he was just going to, he wrote up his entire experience and released it. I can't remember. I think it's like find, finding boogeyman or dude. I'm so sorry. I don't know the exact title. Right. But he released it. It's a publication. Didn't name the guy. So just like told the experience and like that whole process. But he said that experience changed something inside of him fundamentally. He doesn't know what, but he's like not afraid of danger. And he feels like criminal people are attracted to him or they feel super comfortable with them. Yeah, yeah, So he does other investigations. and Some one of his other ones are wild. For years. Do you know anything about this dude? For years, he went undercover as a neo-Nazi skinhead in America at rallies. <laughs> and he has wild stories. And, dude, scarily, he was like, they are way more organized, way more funded than you ever realize. And I was like, what the f***? <laughs> and he also was like, if you want to make a ton of money, start making neo-Nazi music and release it. And in Europe, you will make like hundreds of thousands of dollars Whoa. for half a second. <laughs> your, your Japanese boy's ass was like, <laughs> I was like, maybe am I, I don't know. I need some money real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Damn. But anyway, then he goes on some super hot traps. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes from there. He does all these crazy investigations. And when he was in his 20s, he went up northern California where the Emerald Triangle is. If you know anything, that's where like a ton of the weed is grown. And there's such a culture of growing there that's super rich, super diverse. So he did a documentary about that culture. And when he was like 20, he's sitting in a grow operation like cabin and two dudes bust into the cabin. Eyes this wide, freaking out. He said the second they came into the cabin, like the whole mood shifts and everyone's because they're like freaking out. They're talking to the boss and they're just like, dude, there's body parts everywhere. There's blood. We saw bodies ripped up. And everyone, everyone's like sitting there shocked. The guy's like, what are you talking about? He's like, they, they were murdered. They were murdered. Sasquatch killed them. So the story is they get out, they get it out of these two tweakers <laughs> They had gone to a farm that they had like worked at or knew someone at. And when they showed up, three trimmers or trimigant, trimigants, trimigrants, trimigrants, as they're known, were completely ripped up. Just like arms pulled off, just completely ribbons. And there was big footprints like all around. And apparently in that area, a ton of people had encountered Bigfoot. There was like rumors going around about Bigfoot. So the whole documentary is him trying to go back in time, find all these people who don't want to go on camera, don't want to go on record and talk about their grow operations. And talk about Bigfoot. And talk about this murder that may or may not have taken place by Bigfoot. Super interesting. It's fun. It's a, it, I literally stayed up all night and finished the whole series. I was going to say, like it was midnight when we finished the first episode, and I was like, I want to keep watching this, but I can't. And then realized Hulu was down here, and I got super sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're watching that thanks yeah dude it's it's pretty good we'll watch that thanks to all of our listeners a ton of people sent it to us and, and they were like i'm sure you've seen this you know so thanks we appreciate when you do stuff like that oh yeah but yeah go watch it um real quick uh back with that ufo headline on uh 
CBS, C- CBS CDC News. <laughs> uh, CNBC SRFP. One of the pilots in the interview talked about how he saw these UFOs every day for years in training. What the frick? That's wild. That's why you were talking about like underwater. Yeah. Well, I mean, that I just have only recently heard that theory within the last six months or so, though. Like mm-hmm. the UFO or like the aliens live here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a prevailing theory. Originally, the, the whole pill-shaped UFO, they were alerted to it because they thought they could see something moving under the water. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there is a ton of theories that aliens have been here always, and they've either lived under the surface or inside of large mountains like Mount Shasta. Mm. And what we're witnessing or seeing are their drones or scouts just coming out every once in a while, checking how things are going, then going just back checking in. checking on us real quick. Yeah. <laughs> So they said all of the, the the movements. They also said the entire time they saw it, it was in a power position. Like it was kind of like showing that it was the one in charge. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but they said all just of it's flexing. Actually, yeah. Intergalactic flexing, dude. Hmm. Uh, just they think all of its movements were indicative of uh, like a drone or a reconnaissance, like surveillance. Hmm. So who knows, dude? What what will be the huge change? I think everyone right now, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, is like, okay, we know UFOs exist. But what will be truly groundbreaking or like life-changing if they say like extraterrestrials exist? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because right now it's just like, okay, is it another government? Is it just technology that they haven't released yet? What is it? That's true. But why? Why I would mean, it matter? Beca- yeah. Because then you we know... I, that we're not alone in the universe. Why and does that matter? Because that opens up a whole new world. Intergalactic safety. Do they have malintent? Are they way more powerful than us? Are we their experiments? You know what I mean? Will they come down here and butt fuck us all one day? It's like, there's so all many possibilities questions. that open up. I'm asking that because I was talking to Kevin. Our intern, Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> our intern, Kevin. And he said, uh, which you guys haven't heard him in a while because homeboy got a new job. So he busy. Props to him <laughs> for making that coin. But he was talking to me. Bigfoot came up on a YouTube video or show we were watching. He's like, you believe that? I said, "Uh, if I had to choose right now, no. And I said, what about you? He said, I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) I said, that's okay. And he just went on this. uh, he, He went on this spiel about if they came out with evidence right now, hardcore 4K Video evidence, he's talking, doing an interview with, with Joe Rogan. Yeah, with Sasquatch. <laughs> I wouldn't care. So Joe's like, uh, so have you ever tried DMT? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, rrr, rrr. <laughs> But Kevin said, I don't care. So I was asking why. Why is this important? Hmm. Well, from the UFO, slightly different. Like I know, yeah. It's all he, he went into. He's like, same thing with aliens. Uh, for me, not the same. If they came out with Bigfoot, I would just be like, yes, that's awesome. But aliens to me is so much more of like an issue that we have to be mindful of. You don't think... Because uh, they're going to come in and take our jobs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, Bigfoot, you think is different? Yeah, because it's like Bigfoot's real okay. It's not... It's just another animal, essentially. Potentially all-encompassing. As potentially aliens would be. I don't know. I think Bigfoot could unlock a lot of answers. It could. Like, if Bigfoot is something that's been around that long, mm-hmm. like, 
what do we have that's not on a molecular level that is able to sustain life for long, long periods of time like Bigfoot? There's been things like that, though, where they, okay, don't quote me, but I know there's a fish that they straight up thought went extinct in the, like, dinosaur time, and they found it off the coast of Africa. No, fuck off. (laughs) It's some, like, weird fish that looks like it has, like, hard shell on the outside. Like, it looks like a dinosaur. But with that... Bigfoot is supposedly way more sentient than a fish. Okay. Now we're getting several thumbs. levels of Yeah, Bigfoot. now we're getting <laughs> into sentience. Yeah. So let me just explain. There is some people who believe Bigfoot is just a large American North American ape. With, so just like an ape. Yeah. And then there's some people who think Bigfoot is what's the word? Telepathic commutes with, commutes with uh, aliens can go invisible is spiritual is out here Kay. having sex with people. <laughs> Let's go with the, with the quote unquote lowest level, which is an ape, just an ape. Yeah. That's still a pretty high level of intelligence in the animal kingdom. Totally true. So with something like that, living for it, supposedly thousands of years, mm-hmm. I feel like that could answer questions about potentially answer questions about maybe where we're from. Totally. Or, you know, the, could, pa- yeah. the past, whereas the aliens is more, I feel like, moving forward. It, well, that's yeah. why it concerns me more. Because, like, we don't know what the future holds. And if aliens are real, then, like, all the things you were saying earlier suddenly become legitimate concerns. Like, is there going to be an intergalactic war? Dude, are we the ones who are in Star Trek they're not allowed to contact? <gasps> because what? we haven't reached that level of intelligence yet? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I that, think if it's, like, poten- or it's potential. So if Bigfoot is real, the potential of that, the potential effects of that, I don't know how to word that, but to me seem relatively small. But with aliens comes like technology, knowledge. Do and that's relative to like, if you're comparing the two, like what the potential impacts of yeah. those things being real could be. It would be hilarious if aliens were real and somehow they were as dumb as apes. That would be hilarious. And they're just like, we don't know how we built this shit. Like, I don't know. <laughs> We're just like, what? <laughs> but if Bigfoot is real, that would be hella dope too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In this dumbass argument. <laughs> but what is re- what is real? Right? I'm, I'm really just playing devil's advocate. No good. Because past and future, I think they are both equally re- relevant. Mm. So. I guess my day-to-day though wouldn't change if they like found Bigfoot as much as I feel like if they were like, dude, they're straight up Palladian. Or uh, the gray ones and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, There's uh, an interview on MTV. How long has MTV been around? The 80s? Hell, a long time. <laughs> How long? I want to say this interview was in the 80s. 83, dude. 81. 81. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So there's this interview in the 80s with David Bowie. And long before the internet. And the interviewer is asking... Bowie, now what do you think the the internet is? To me, I think it's just another piece of technology to help us with our day-to-day. No more special or important than the common vehicle that gets us to work. Which makes sense because at that time they had zero frame of reference for what the inter- true, internet, true. you know, the potential is. And Bowie's answer is pretty outstanding. He just recognizes... Almost like the internet as like a living creature, which it is now. When you talk about AI. Skynet. Skynet. Even the crypto world. Information. Information, like in its rawest form, Mm -hmm. shared globally. 
Uh, a lot of people think the internet was created by DARPA. Dude, I'm not going to go into it. This is conspiracy. <laughs> so none of this is real, whatever. I believe. Internet was created by DARPA. They didn't really understand its effects. It got out of control and they are wanting to walk it back because truly it's like changed fundamentally everything. Yeah, but how do you walk something back? Like <laughs> <that>? <laughs> when you start you legislation, bro, and like throttling and restricting and anyway. So Bowie, <laughs> Bowie kind of recognized its true potential. Yeah, like way early on. It's kind of fascinating to hear hmm. him put it into perspective. We should watch it. I was going to say, should I pull it up? Yeah. Just search Bowie on the internet. Bowie MTV internet. We can't play this because I tried posting it on 3Hive Instagram and they took it down like immediately. Uh, so we can only watch it ourselves. Okay, so then I'll but cut this and then we'll just talk about it. Sure, yeah. Okay, Bowie MTV internet. The way he so like strongly says... The people and the internet will be so in sync with each other mm. in the future. You have no idea how in sync everyone's going to be. It's, it's hilarious to watch the interview where he's like, but isn't the internet just like a tool? Isn't it just like a one-time <laughs> thing? And David Bowie's like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a living alien life form yeah. here on Earth. I th- he, what I love is he says, like, we are... Pot- I can't remember exactly. Iceberg. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he says like we will see incredible good and bad come from this. He said it's going to be equally amazing and terrifying. Yeah, which is true. It's it's hilarious when people pretend to know what the f is going to happen. Like that guy was so sure he was like, dude, the internet. I'm like, I've got this all figured out. I know the potential of it's this. It's always the crazy people who actually know <laughs> what is going to happen in the future. And David Bowie just seems so open. He was like, no, nah, man, like, this is going to be freaking wild. Like, we have no idea what will come from this. <laughs> Makes you wonder what people are saying like that now. Mm-hmm. Like, what does someone be like? This is going to be so crazy for our lives. It's going to change everything. For real. Because that's what I'm going to invest in. <laughs> well, what, what do you guys think? Dude, I know nothing, bro. <sighs> Crypto has a potential to fundamentally change things. The blockchain the blockchain. I think, I think people don't full, including myself, don't fully understand the implications of the blockchain. Right. And its ability to demolish like counterfeitness <laughs> or like. True. Yeah. yeah. That was a but, like, third I grader feel trying like, to explain that. And I don't know anything about it, but I feel like eventually that any type of counterfeitness is still going to happen. People will reinvent ways to do anything. That's what I'm, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, like, and like I said, I know nothing, but, but maybe, I feel like but that r- that would happen still. Right now, blockchain is, as far as I know, the hardest thing to counterfeit. Quantum computing, though, when that happens, we're f***ed. <laughs> like nothing is private after that. Because the idea of quantum computing in like the most basic level is, let's you, you have a password. Yes. And if I sat down at that laptop and I just started typing A, A1, A2, every combination, right? Mm-hmm. Take me million, billion, trillion years. Yeah. Quantum computing can do that type of computing like instant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it could like crack potentially everything. Anyway. Well, I'm never having any more secrets because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Secrecy might be a thing of the past. Or yeah. it's going to be some new way. Like. Of things secrets. are yeah, things are going to evolve. Hmm. There's going to be some other because secrets are 
as old as humans too. True. Like, ever since we've been around, we've been keeping secrets from other people. Hmm. But now we're involving forms of intelligence that are non-human. True. That'll <clears throat> enable who knows in inhuman <laughs> possibilities. You know. True. And I feel feel like that's where we get those inhuman possibilities to make a counter to that. Like us ourselves probably wouldn't be able to do that. But if we also get our good quantum computers to counter the bad quantum computers. Other things that might change the world fundamentally? Neuralink and longevity. Oh, yeah. Dude, there's so much about the idea of prolonging life that's coming out right now. Like I've heard on podcasts... (laughs) that if you can hold on for like 50 years, you could potentially be living way past a hundred. Damn. Like it's so close. (laughs) The idea. I guess I can hold on for 50 more years. I wasn't planning on it, but (laughs) I was thinking about this yesterday, how I feel like, like infinite amount of X is boring, at least for me. I feel like scarcity is what adds value and that also comes with like life. Like if we lived forever, forever, I would do nothing and everything. Well, it's and like it would be movie. the same thing. And it, would, it wouldn't matter. That's yeah. true. You know? So knowing that I only have 50 to 80 years forces me to, you know, want to make something of it. Yeah. I well, mean, I mean, we say that, but here <laughs> I sit... <laughs> Hey, we're making something. Bro, we right are. Now. Yeah. Why are you down talking to yourself, bro? Yourself. For comedy, though. Uh, it's not I funny. agree with that, but it's like, what's the difference between 80 years and, let's say, 200 years? I feel like 200 years might be more comfortable. Well, and the other thing is, at 80 years, are you really enjoying life as much as you were when you were 30 years? They always say the youth is wasted on the young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's like you learn so much shit in life. And by the time you kind of figure it out, your body's and it's like, damn it. I wish I knew these things in the Mm -hmm. youth. So I personally wouldn't mind if I had like an extra hundred years just to like (laughs) really feel out the experience. What are the extra hundred years? How does that apply physically and mentally? If, okay, so they, you know how like a cell dies and it ages? They right. don't know why. Like there are some organisms that live like a thousand years and like their cells just do fine. But for some reason, humans, our cells die at some point. They stop rejuvenating. They stop re, re, dude, I'm sound like a straight up <laughs> moron, but whatever. I don't care. Just tell me what you know. <laughs> Okay, or I'll make my point. Uh, so they they say that scientists are close to like discovering that mechanism of decay, and they might mm. be able to like flip that switch. What if so? Potentially, yeah, you could be like a good form for a long time. So basically, Sorry. Neuralink and longevity is trying to unlock the door to better self sustenation. Neuralink is self sustenance. Like yeah, Neuralink would be. Different. What neuralink longevity? Yeah, yeah, longevity would be lengthening the better age of our bodies. Yeah. yeah, yeah, or something like even that. reverse aging. Whoa, dude! Benjamin so let's say you're old and you're shitty. With some of the techniques they have now, claims are they are going down. <laughs> we need to get rich so that whenever this does come out, we can afford it. Because you know that's not going to be for us plebeians over here. It's so. already pretty. Yeah, it's pretty expensive over right <laughs> Like there's things like. Uh, Stem cell research. It's gotten 
even in like the time, the amount of time we've known about it, it's gotten so much better. True. Yeah, true. But it's only kind of available to people who have a f- ton of money. It's like that movie, like, and it's, you probably think it's a terrible movie called In Time with Justin Timberlake in it, <laughs> where they have like their time watch on their arm and that's how long they oh, live. Oh, yes. Like somebody says in the movie, it's like, what's the point if the rich can live forever but live in fear of losing it so they never really do anything with their life? Mm. So it's kind of like, that's what I'm. That's what I'm getting this vibe from, you know. <laughs> what is Neuralink? Is that telepathic communica- communication? Neuralink is your boy Elon Musk, and he wants to implant a chip in your head to where you can interface, kind of like a computer. Hmm. So I can airdrop something from my phone to my computer, and there's a transfer of data that happens instantaneously. From my understanding, he wants to put something in your brain to where you can interface. In a likewise manner. They just made like a TV show about that too. <laughs> oh, what's up, Kevy? Bro, that terrified Oh my me. gosh, he's We were just here. talking about you. We were. We're like, the reason you haven't heard from Kevin recently. Because our boy got a new job working hard. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't, didn't say it. We didn't say it. You just did. Job. Oh. I'm not that out. <laughs> <laughs> because hopefully after tomorrow, I'm lucky. Hey. Let's, let's wrap this up and then we can chat real quick. Any any last points to make with this? You were saying they already made something. Oh, they just made a TV show about this. It was like on Apple or something like that, where this husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend, some sort of relationship, they get the neural link between them, and then they want to break up because of what she finds out about him and stuff like that. But now they can't break that link. <laughs> something like that. It looks kind of trippy, actually. <laughs> I'm down for the neural link. No secrets? Yeah. But All like right. I said... There's going to be a way to still get secrets. Like with technology, there's going to be an evolution of security. Well, I mean, if if that's always your argument, then are you just not going to do any of it? Or oh no no, I would still go with it. it. I just would not be afraid of losing something because I was doing that. Like what you say, no more secrets. Like I wouldn't really care if I had my secrets go out there or not because. There's going to be some some sort of security upgrade with that as well. Hopefully, Which, in time, in yeah, time. But it might not like catch up. Well, I'm not going to be able to afford the first round anyway. <laughs> so by the time I get around, they're going to be having hella security. For you can that. get like the secrets app downloaded in your head, <laughs> yeah. and you have to like blink 42 times and like rub your gooch or something to unlock it. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely not getting the first version. I'm going to wait hella long until like. We bro, get it sussed out. I'm getting version 69, <laughs> and that's it. I'll get the first version. Damn, bro, you won. <laughs> has to be. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to wait. Like, it's always going to keep getting better. Like, remember when the that's iPhone true. came out? I didn't get it's an like, iPhone. Nobody till was seven like, I'm going to anyway, wait till so. the iPhone 12 Pro Max comes out. <laughs> Ten years ago, yeah, it was like. Well, that wasn't part implanted of in your brain. Because there was definite bugs with iPhone 1, you know what I mean? That you wouldn't want necessarily, like, embedded in I'm your I'm just body. talking about the principle <laughs> of, you know, wait, what's waiting. available and, yeah, being part of the process. Like, mm. I'm I can't just that, wait forever. But like, I can't afford the first. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's my holdup. I don't think anyone's saying that you can. Oh, dude, definitely no one's saying that. We're just that. talking hypothetical. We also have no idea how much it is because Elon is the richest dude in the world. He might just be wild. Because, listen, okay, I'm sorry information and data is like the number one commodity in the world. You're the richest dude in the world. You have an opportunity to put a chip 
into everyone's brain to find out what they're thinking and feelings and things like that, you all of a sudden have access to ten dollars. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like he mm-hmm. potentially could. He doesn't need to make more money. He could just do be it for like, free. It's, this is Kingsman. Oh yeah, he did it for free. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh my gosh, dude, what's happening? Yeah, Bro. it's coming true. Simpsons predicted it. <laughs> <laughs> and if my head blows up, so be it. Damn, Here for bro, a good time, right. not for a long time. <laughs> I don't know. The idea of, I truly feel like we're on a precipice of like new things. It feels like there is a shift and it's happening more rapidly than, yeah. it, than it did in my childhood. It felt like, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure every generation says that, but let's be honest. They was, they went from in. fire to wheel, dude. That's pretty big. I think there's something comparable on a micro level. Explain. Uh, acoustic guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, everybody knows somebody who plays a guitar now, you know? Yeah. Like, 20 years ago, it was kind of a novelty thing. Yeah, you got vagina if you knew how to play yeah, a guitar. Bro, exactly. <laughs> and now it's DJing. Everybody oh. knows how to DJ now. I know. Well, there's like an app on your phone you can DJ. Everybody's a photographer now. Uh, yeah. Ten years ago, bro. DSLRs got significantly lower in price. The internet started ramping up Phones. YouTube. People started watching tutorials. Now everyone's a photographer. Dude. Everyone's th- a blogger. Everyone's opinion matters. To that point, in 2006, I was really good at Photoshop. <laughs> no one knew how to put a filter on a, net, a photo because everyone was still like getting their film right developed yeah. at like uh, Rite Aid or some shit <laughs> and I knew how on Photoshop to turn my whole photo gray except for like my orange beanie Ooh. and dude people on my face were like fuck yeah <laughs> what <laughs> and I was like yeah so like I was making photos or everyone filters everyone wanted to be your top eight and bro. then all of a sudden Instagram <laughs> comes out with filters and I was like dude there goes my whole coolness like I'm screwed you know what I'm saying yeah. but it's true it's like everything is way more attainable even podcasting yeah like we're just some we're some dudes who like figured it out but like I don't know five years ago it was way harder than it is now. if you didn't know it is so easy to get on Apple Music and Spotify. You're super easy. Mm-hmm. You can fart into your phone and upload that right now. There, there would be people that yeah. would listen too. Yeah. You might have a better viewership than us. Let's <laughs> be honest. If you get that. Different demo, but <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it, it's true. That's an interesting thing is like skill, especially with the internet, like tutorials and stuff, skill and attainability of just things that weren't attainable are becoming way more attainable. It's true. Yeah. It's it's weird. I feel like we are headed in a direction. Who knows what's going to come of it? But I'm excited. the thing is, yeah, like the things that seem like they're super not attainable right now, like for me, stuff like NFTs or blockchain, I feel like that's going to be this next level. If we go 10 years down the road, everyone's going to be doing it. Or I, I would put my entire life on in a hundred years, everyone's on operate. Like everything's operating on the blockchain, paperless currency. Dude, how antiquated is paper paper currency? Bro. <laughs> it's like we're or even shells. I I include uh, cards, uh, fiat currency. Okay, is what I'm talking about. Money, coins, cards. You're not probably wrong. <laughs> I think that you're, My, yeah. you're <laughs> saving your ass. I heard that you did that, you lawyer. <laughs> Unless. Something happens to us that a lot of people think have happened in the past. We destroy ourselves and we basically restart. And people think that has happened in Egypt and Atlantis. 
That's not going to happen. Nah. I was watching a documentary about Atlantis, so I don't know, dude. <laughs> it seems like they were pretty, you know, like normal for their time. I don't know. Really? I don't know. According, heard... according to this documentary. Dude, I've like seen things where they're, they like go over the blueprints of the pyramids and they explain how it was a generator and how they had power lines. And like, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and how the Ark of the Covenant was actually a generator or like a, Dude, a battery it 100% cell. 100% <laughs> was. Did you see uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? I did. Good Zapped movie. all those people, dude. <laughs> yeah. Who knows, um, dude? Speak of, of Atlantis, who's the princess name? Katara. Oh, no, no, no. It's <laughs> Kita. Kita is the most underrated Disney princess. <laughs> Put some respect on her name, bro. It's oh, so rude. Sure. Dude, she's hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's hella, hella hot? Oh, gosh. I can't believe we're getting here. This isn't Disney, but El Dorado, dude. When I was little, I was like, dude, she is oh, I see that. And I didn't even understand why. I was like, but I like her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The exotic type. That's your type. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm all about it. Mm. All about it. I was Kita, all about it. the girl Kita. from El, El Dorado. I'm, uh, Meg. Meg was a uh, banging. Meg was a thotty. Yeah. <laughs> she was trying to the whole time. Wait, Meg. Oh, dude. Hercules. I, I thought you were saying Tarzan. Jane. Love a boy. <laughs> Dude, yeah, she made me uncomfortable as a kid. I was like, whoa. I know. Like, what are these feelings? They're so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> I don't Dude, understand this at a young age. We should talk about that on an episode. Just if, This is the depth. episode. Our sexual this stories. This is the episode. <laughs> when you first got boners, what you thought they were. Bro, so much confusion. And, dude, where the f*** were adults dude i got like i feel like the shittiest information you get taught you know what i mean and then you like collect all these little tidbits from other kids your age and it's just like the wrongest shit we've talked yeah. about it before with like condom condoms tents. Yeah. i thought sex was straight up just pissing in a girl and i was like dude that's so weird <laughs> like who'd have thought that's a huge difference in uh our generation and our parents is uh information like we've been talking about and communication like we're our generation is so open to talking about anything, especially any hot button topic. Like my parents love them. I would say but our with generation the sex, compared to their the, generation. Because yeah. the there's sex, still a lot of people in our generation that are like not down. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, in, but in general. In general, yeah, you're right. The you're sex right. talk happened 10 minutes and it was once and that was it. And they were just Same. hoping that was enough to get you through the rest of yeah. your life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like, mom, what about choking? You know what I mean? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what about feet play? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Where does I'm, that I'm come in? Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it is so much more complicated than a 10 minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Like even with me and my kids, I'm going to be pretty straightforward. I'm going to like, and I say this now and I don't have kids and I understand that because when it happens, I might puss out and be like, you know, I'm just going to, when a man loves a woman, you stick it in and run away in theory, because that's all we can do until practice. I think a part of it too, is like the internet and information. True. When our kids, when our parents were kids, you know, they couldn't just go online, click in three keystrokes and then find a whole world. So it's like, we know kids nowadays are going to encounter it in a lot of shapes and forms. They're going to have it on their phone, dude. And by the time that on their Neuralink, dog. Dude, yeah, I was going to say, by the time I have kids, probably will be. They might be at old. the table eating food, and you're like, turn the porn off. You see, <laughs> you see their eyes go glazy, and they're yeah. just like staring. And you're like, I know what you're watching. What are you searching three keystrokes? Yeah. Oh, dude. BBC. <laughs> <laughs> All day, every day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Incredible. Incredible. What a world we live in. And what a world to come. Yeah. 
<laughs> that was on accident. It's so crazy because that's how the world got here. Mm. All of us. Come. Man. All of us. <laughs> it's I true. Both of you. Well, it's true. <laughs> it was so funny as a kid. You're like, you're, you know, it's like, you're only here because your parents had sex. And you'd be like, oh, stop. But it's like, yeah, so what, it's everyone? Like, it's true. Yeah. It'd be like, why? What, dude? <sighs> Welcome to 3 a.m. sex ed. <laughs> Strap in, sit down. <laughs> no, but what were, why do we get on sex? Strap on, open up. <laughs> sit <Whoa>. down. <laughs> be humble. <laughs> dude, I have no idea. Oh, it was something about our generation being more open. Or did it start before that? Uh, we talked about guitars. <laughs> we talked about how, like, something a little more relevant, like that's uh, readily accessible to everybody. Mm. And how that's changed over time. True. Yo, I didn't even really get the talk. I know my older brother did, and I, like, peeked inside the room and, like, heard, like, 10 seconds. And I'm homeschooled, so I didn't get it from anyone else either. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know what so sex is. At what? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, so, when did you learn? Because I've told this on the pod before. Day one of kindergarten, <laughs> Jared, who got held back, walked up to me and was just like, Sex is when a man sticks his penis inside a woman's vagina. <laughs> and I was like, Whoa, whoa. What? What if I pee in her for the next five <laughs> years? I was so concerned. What if I piss in her? Oh my gosh. Dude, it's a real concern. So when did you learn it's P and V? It was probably like watching movies. And you'd like pieced it all together? Pieced it all together. Like, huh. dude, do you have sex when you're kissing? <laughs> Is That's that where it started sex? probably. <laughs> There's so much misinformation. You hear about people it's like, no, you can't have sex because we never like kissed with tongue. And it's like, dude, what? <laughs> like... You stick your tongue in the mouth? <laughs> like, what? Yeah, no, that was a very confusing and dark journey. <laughs> like, <laughs> And we are still seeing the effects. Yeah, dude, dude, was I the only one who uh, had uh, porn on cable television growing up? What? It's not scrambled. Oh, wait, so are you talking scrambled <laughs> or clear? Uh, both. Dude, we didn't have a TV. Okay, so let me tell you. It was. It I'll, was ta- I'll, talk, I'll talk about the scrambled yeah. one. You talk about yours. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Mine was clear. Whoa. And then, uh, see, obviously, I learned that for myself. And not too long after I learned that, it became scrambled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as if the universe knew. Thanks a lot, dude. AKA my parents. <laughs> so they were just paying for the channels? No, well, I don't they know how it worked. I don't know how it worked. Paying for the subscription I or think something? I was three or four. Four. Damn, bro. I think I was three or four flipping through channels. I remember the black box and the red numbers. And the very two last channels, which were 77 and 78, were porn channels. And they came in clear? And they were clear. Whoa. <laughs> like, I'm flipping. It's NBC. It's ESPN. It's Sailor Moon. It's porn. It's Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> Sailor Moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's wild. Sailor Poon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For all my Gen Z and younger millennials, you might not know this. And neither do I. I this is just something I heard, you know? I don't even know <laughs> if it's real. But on regular cable at night, if you flipped past your regular channels, so like DJ saying, you would eventually get to like 99. And everything's just white noise or snow, right? Damn, y'all had past 80 in, in the States? Uh, yeah, dude. We in had the mainland. four, bro. And it would be like with the bunny ear, like... <laughs> 
But satellite thing, I don't. That's if you don't have cable. Like that's what you get. Yeah, I, yeah. I had that at one point. What I discovered as a young boy, and many like millions, like it's a culture. People talk about it. Discovered is if you turn it to like let's say seventy seven, seventy eight. I don't remember the exact channels, but you would get an image and it's all blurry and shit. And if you stared at it long enough, you could see <laughs> you connect the ditty. dots. <laughs> yeah, dude, dude, yeah. it was porn, and they just scrambled it, and you had to call what your the? cable provider, pay the premium, and they would unscramble it for you. Dude, that's dirty, so someone, bro. Someone in DJ's house was paying that premium <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> until until they weren't. Until they were like, I until it was like, DJ's let me see. It. <laughs> <laughs> we about to clap some pixels up in here. DJ's <laughs> first words were deep throw. I, <laughs> I think we need to scramble something. (laughs) But, dude, so uh, I'm not saying I did this, but when people find that out, they would just turn to that channel and stare. Because you're you're a young boy, and every once in a while you see a flash of a titty. Come to find out, so many girls and boys, like, experiences went through this. They, I'm pretty sure they have, like, a documented, um, dude, help me with the word. It's like they've developed an issue because they've stared at scrambled porn so long. It's what? like messed up their like arousal thing. Wow. Yeah. It's like a it's like a thing you could diagnose. You know oh what I mean? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that was a straight up thing. Scrambled porn, like in the nineties and two thousands. And that's a good marketing cable. ploy, I guess. <laughs> Just let it go through a little scrambled, get, get them hooked. to call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I talking about this, I'm reminded of a scene is burned into my mind. So many stories <laughs> come to mind. No, just one. I can't think of any others besides the one. But I like how long NSFW. Did you stare at the, NSFW. Yeah, obviously, <laughs> at this point. But uh, it was they were they were uh, commencing fellatio. Whoa! In a hot tub. Whoa! So the dude was like holding his breath and going in. You know. Wait, dude on dude. Uh. Sorry, no, not, dude, not important. Dude on girl. Okay, okay. Yeah, dude on dude's gross, dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but uh, after Whatever, that, you know what? I'm not discriminating. Yeah. We would go to the district pool all the time, once every other week. And I would put on my goggles and look for people doing that. I was like, is this normal? Like, yeah. do people just do this? This is what you do outside? In the yeah, in the pool, in the jacuzzi. So I, I didn't find anyone. Damn. It's like, <laughs> to my disappointment, this, dude. It's, no. cr- it's crazy how things like get burned into your mind. Yeah. Like, that's what I was thinking about at the pool. Like, I didn't even understand what it was still. Yeah. Just that, you know, people would dive under and dive under. <laughs> you know? Bro, if little boy boners is not your thing, fast forward real quick. But I have a homie whose younger brother, he was like making a sandwich in the other room and his younger brother starts screaming in the other room. <laughs> and he's like, what the heck? And he walks into the room and he looks around the corner and his younger brother is like five or six has the remote in his hand and he's smacking his dick <laughs> and he's yelling, go down, go <laughs> down. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, it's broken. He's freaking out. <laughs> That's what led to his current day cock and ball torture. Yeah. 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 He's probably into like yeah. mashing his wiener or something. <laughs> Dude, yeah. on my buttons. It's so crazy. The idea of just to let a kid free into the world and <laughs> just... Hope he finds... It just depends on what they find first, dude. It really does, bro. (sighs) Wow. (laughs) So many thoughts. 
And with that, should we get into <laughs> stories? <laughs> Let's roll these die. All right. So here we roll our 20-sided die because we used to play D&D to see what order we go first. Highest number goes first. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, Go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean, because he can read. I got 14. You both rolled four. Oh. Is that the first? No. no we didn't. I don't know okay. about that. But. So, the, the, re-roll the re-roll of a century. Asians versus Hawaiians, and we know how history has, <laughs> has gone. 17, 10. Once again, the Asians win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> history repeats itself. <laughs> I pearled your harbor. <laughs> so the order is Sean, Charlie, DJ. All right, real quick before Sean, we just want to say what up, Kevin. He's in the studio, and he's able to hang out with us for a while. Hey, everybody. We're happy to have you back, Kevin. We're excited, yeah. too. <sighs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have you. Just kidding. We're excited. <clears throat> All right, guys. So I'm up first tonight. Real quick, uh, Sean roasted you in the last episode. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> You'll just have to listen and find out. I know. It hasn't even released. It will release. It will release. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no worries. But you let us know when you hear the roast. Look, You'll know. <laughs> you roasted me before. You'll know. <laughs> I was really hoping to get a text out of nowhere being like, What are you talking about? Okay. Either that or a ha 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 ha. I thought you did. It sounded exactly like that. <laughs> we actually have a record button of your laugh here. And uh, it was me, I said it. You sounded exactly like I thought you had me recorded. No, I've got you down, bro. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Shawnee. All right, guys. I'm up first tonight, and I am taking us down to Arizona. Ooh. So, my story comes from a guy named Mark, 
and he is environment control. <laughs> Dude, it sounds like a sick job, if we're being honest. <laughs> Basically, you just go out and you, you shoot the varmints. Sean's like, you get to kill small animals on the daily? <laughs> What's not to like? <laughs> He says that on this stretch of land, he would basically hunt coyotes for ranchers that had, like, free-range cattle. Hmm. So he goes about two hours out of Tucson, Arizona, in a region he called Sky Island. Skyland. Skyland. So he gets to an area out here in the middle of the desert, and it's kind of at the mouth of this slot canyon where he parks, starts setting up his camping area right around this area. He basically makes dinner. He reaches out to a couple of the other hunters in the area on his uh, CB radio and even, like, sits there and reads a book for a little bit and gets ready for bed. After a little while, he starts hearing a noise coming from the canyon that he set his camp up next to. And it sounds like a clacking noise. Kind of like two sticks being beaten together. Kind of like, you ever see that movie Parent Trap? Where she's going back to the tent? (laughs) Kind of like that is what I imagine. He didn't say that exactly, but that's what it seems like. The canyon goes for about 15 feet in and then takes a sharp turn. So you can barely see in and then at some point it just disappears. You can't see past that. But the clacking noise... Seems like it's coming from deep within the canyon. Seems very distant. So he grabs his gun, just, you know, be safe. And he said that the clacking noise never stopped. At least, he fell asleep to it. Early the next morning, he wakes up. He said probably like 4 a.m. He wakes up to get ready for the day and head out hunting. So he uh, grabs his gun. He uh, locks his truck. He heads out. He says he hikes out about three miles into the desert and finds this really tall hill area. He posts up there and just starts watching the desert for coyotes. And he says he sat there for a few hours, didn't see anything. He made some coyote calls, whatever those sound like. And like that. (laughs) So here's these coyote calls coming out. Now, for a couple hours, he... Didn't see anything. And then at one point, he sees this bug land on his scope (laughs) and then slowly fly away. We're talking like, you know, in the movies where it's a slow motion. And then as he looks through the scope again, he sees a coyote. But, and it's about 300 yards away. As he sees the coyote, he can tell it looks almost diseased. And it walked a little funny too. He said it was like leading with its right leg. And his head was like bobbing way more than like a, like a coyote should. And he's kind of looking at it like, I'm probably going to be putting out of, putting it out of its misery at this point because it doesn't look like it's doing very well. So he squeezes the trigger split second later, he sees it go down. So after that he heads off, it's 300 yards away. So he heads off, he's going to go and pick it up, makes like 40 bucks a pop. So he heads out. He had, like, the place marked in his scope. There's, like, this cactus right next to it. He heads out to this area, and once he gets there, there's nothing there. So he looks around, and he's like, I could have sworn it was right here. He keeps looking. He said he looked for about 30 minutes. He didn't find blood splatter or anything. 
at this point, he's more frustrated than anything else. So he decides he's going to head back to camp, get some lunch. Bummer. Dude, yeah, it's $40 right there. Sayote. For real. So as he's heading back, he said he did it like pretty slowly just in case he saw something else out there on his way back. But eventually he gets back to his camp and what he sees made his blood run cold. His chair, which he'd thrown in the back of his truck, is now sitting right at the front of the canyon entrance, right in the middle of the entrance. So instantly, his hairs start like coming up on the back of his head. He's not sure what's going on. He decides best idea right now is GTFO. So he starts packing his things up. And as he's doing this, he hears the clacking come back from inside the canyon. But this time, it sounds a lot closer, almost like it's at the bend in the canyon where 15 feet in it turns. So he slowly starts packing his things up, like rolling up his tent and like keeping an eye on the canyon the whole time. And he notices that in the process of doing this, the clacking would stop whenever he would look up at it, up at the canyon. And then once he would go back to like rolling his tent, it would come back on. Don't like that. So he finishes packing everything, throws it in his truck. He gets in the truck and except for the chair he left the chair at the entrance hmm. of the, the canyon he's not going back for that it was like 10 bucks it's like rei will re- reimburse me yeah, We're yeah. Gonna... They, they cover skinwalkers yeah <laughs> <laughs> he turns on the truck and as he's sitting there he said curiosity just gets the best of him bro so he picks up his pistol he gets out of the truck and heads over to the canyon This is when my black friend starts screaming at the movie happening. (laughs) Yo, white people always be doing that shit. Get back in the car. Get the back. Dude, yeah, for real. He gets to the mouth of the canyon and kind of goes around the front a little bit and like looks in and then heads in with his pistol first. Bro. He says he gets a couple feet away from where this canyon instantly turns and has this thought, maybe I should just go instead of checking this out. But he doesn't. Oh. So he turns around the corner, pistol first, and notices 20 feet down this canyon, it ends. It's a dead end. And confused, he's looking around like, I swear I heard the clacking deep within the canyon last night. Yeah. It was a real deep clack. Deep clack, bro. He got that deep clacking. And then he looks around at like the sand within this canyon and notices that there are hoof prints inside this canyon and a single coyote print. Super confused, he explores a little bit more and notices... These two red stones just lying on the ground. Almost like smooth river stones. Definitely out of place for where they're at. So at this point, he's like, okay, I should stick with my GTFO feeling. He takes off, grabs his chair, throws it in the back of the truck, and leaves. Later on, he tells his friend, who was a native, and he said said his friend was named Hugh, He said, we'll give him that name. But his last name was 
Huerta. I don't know the importance of giving us his last name. <laughs> Huerta. And he tells his friend that he felt like he was just being watched, but almost like whoever was watching him knew that he knew, almost like a cat and mouse game. And then his friend, Hugh, tells him about the evil medicine men that would curse animals and shapeshift. So a little bit freaked out, Hugh then tells Mark, I'll have my family pray for you. And so he does that. Classic thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah, dude. Just make the evil go away. Send them. Deploy the likes. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, he and his friend decide to go back. And I will be sharing that with you right now because I don't have <laughs> Patreon. <laughs> I was like, but I have it. <laughs> so he and his friend Hugh head back a few weeks later. And Hugh was telling him that the elders would definitely disapprove of them going out here. But the place probably needed closure. So they head out to this canyon where he was camping. And it's early in the morning, probably 2, 3 a.m. And he says he can barely see like a, the sun starting to come up. So it's probably even later. But once they get there, they park probably 300 yards away and start walking up. And Mark says... It's an eerie, almost foggy feeling as they're walking up because they can't hear sounds of animals or anything. It's just dead silent. So they walk up and they find the campfire, like the camp ring that Mark had had from even before. And as they're walking up to that, Hugh tells Mark, we're being watched right now. They know that we're not from this area. And as they slowly walk up to the fire ring, Mark says it looks like there were animal prints all the way around the fire ring, almost as if whatever it was had been dancing around a fire. And he's terrified. He looks back at his friend Hugh, though, and Hugh looks to be just normal. So he, he feels a little bit better, but still a little sketched out. His friend heads up over to the mouth of the canyon, and he has like this leather bag of herbs and things. He didn't say what it was, but he had this leather bag and he kind of hangs it on a saguaro that's next to the canyon entrance and says this prayer. And as he's saying this prayer, Mark says this, this foggy feeling kind of lifts. He starts to hear animal presence again in the, in the wilderness. And he said it could have 100% just been the sunrise, but he felt like the prayer had something to do with it. A few days later, though, Hugh got really, really sick. And Mark said he went and visited him a couple times over the course of a week, but he got so just deathly sick. And when he would go and see his friend, his friend's family would tell him that he was being attacked by the evil for going to that place. He got better after about a week. And Mark says it was also flu season, so it 100% could have been that. You damn Hallie, dude. <laughs> it's probably just this. He did get better, which is good for a friend. Hugh's family told Mark, though, that he should never go back to that place because the evil of that area would remember his face and that they would pray for him, but he should definitely stay safe and not go back. And to this day, he hasn't. But that's our friend Mark's story down in Arizona. This actually came from Reddit. It was a comment on a Ask Reddit thread. Hmm. The user is no social life. <laughs> so. Apt. 
You're in the right place. <laughs> Shout out for the story. Um, it's definitely super creepy because, dude, sketchy stuff goes on in Arizona. Huh. Out in the desert, you never know what you're going to find. But it did, it did seem interesting that all of those things were, like, connected to me. Like, he had the coyote that went missing. He had the clacking. His friend got sick. Somehow everything changed with the feeling and vibe after the prayers. What do you mean connected to me? Oh, he said that. Yeah. I thought you were saying connected to you. I was like, oh, no, what, are you, bro. what are you not telling us? No, nah, dude. <laughs> when you said clacking, instantly I thought of uh, antlers. Ooh. Not necessarily like wood. Well, he did say there were hoof prints right. in the canyon. So when you said that, I was like, oh, shit, here we go. Yeah. Bro, are there deer in deserts? Yeah, that's like antelope thing. Mm. Whoa. One time I was hiking, and standing on this ridge was a pure white one. Whoa. Whoa. Those are spirit ones. Are we, <laughs> and then we ran into a ranger, and they're like, oh, yeah, we've gotten reports that there's been one. It's an albino Dude, albino stag? Trippy, That's a Patronus, yeah. boy. <laughs> Harry was close. There's a Dementor nearby. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Confirmed. Dude. That's a fun story. Uh, alarming. Yeah. Instant, before you even said Skinwalker, I was like, okay, I know, I know what's up. It definitely seems like it fits the bill. Yeah. Co- coyotes are said to be one of the most common things that they shift into. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. Yeah. I've never heard of it being like. Why would that make sense? Because they're like I don't know mischievous. Dude, they are. I don't know. Like the nature of a for me, it makes sense. Coyotes uh, do seem mischievous, and they're like common. Like if you were like, oh, I'm gonna shapeshift into a gorilla, like in Arizona, you'd be be like, like, what the? Who? Why is Mighty Joe Young going around somewhere? (laughs) They'd be way better at uh, like making their victims more afraid if it was a gorilla. Something and, that doesn't belong. Yeah, and you'd sound way less credible. Yeah. I, I, saw, I uh, saw a huge gorilla. Oh, sure you did, yeah. Susie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Dude, this is how all of our big footers and squatchers get alienated. Oh, that's so rude. It's just a shapeshifter <laughs> out there. That's so funny. What a dickhead. <laughs> From coyote to coyote. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But I, was, I thought it was a fun story just out in the Arizona desert. I've been out there, and it is a little trippy. So, like, hearing stuff like that is always fun to hear. Uh, shooting at it is concerning. He did say that he thought about shooting into the canyon before he went in, too, and then decided to... Bro, what if it's, like, a Boy Scout in there, like... Just clacking cheeks, bro? He's like, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, that's a Boy Scout leader. <laughs> Uh, no, he's just like, I'm just doing my eagle project out here. He's like, spread eagle project. Yeah. <laughs> Has that ever been said? Spread eagle project? That's funny. Oh my gosh. Bro, that's hilarious. But like, who does that? Who like Caesars around a corner by shooting a bullet? I don't know, dude. That's sus, bro. I thought it was pretty disorienting that his perception of it was that it was it was a deep clack. Like it was coming from farther up the canyon. Yeah. And yeah. then he turns and it's right there. Yeah, no. That, that would be that, super confusing. Yeah. 
I probably would have GTFO'd. I probably wouldn't have gone in if we're being honest. I no. would have got those rocks, boy. No. I would have grabbed my chair, though. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's how you get, get haunted, those, bro. That's how you get cursed. Get those rocks. I would have grabbed a rock and thrown it at the wall to see if it was real. I would have started start clocking touching it. the bricks on the wall and see if it's <laughs> <needs you to>. legit. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many bricks I've touched with umbrellas. Diagonally. <laughs> Diagonally. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> Just in hopes, like, please, bro, rescue I, me from this shitty life. <laughs> Straight up, my 11th year, I was like, this is the year. And then the, my, I turned 12, and I was like, you know, maybe it got lost. You know, maybe I, yeah. they'll accept me one year late. And then by 14, I was like, fuck, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just crossing my fingers, like, just wanting any huge homeless-looking man to come and talk yeah. to me. Are you here to take me? Okay, <laughs> where do I go? <laughs> Bound me now. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> You're yeah. a wizard, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> You're a hairy wizard. <laughs> uh, but that's it for me tonight, guys. Fun story. <laughs> what was homie's name? Mark. Mark. Shout out, Mark. Thanks, yep. Mark. That was really funny. That was so good funny. job. <laughs> <laughs> the Boy Scout leader was good, too. Yeah. That, was, that was the assist. Yeah. I'm stocked in, boy. Yeah. Can you, can you clap? I'm alone. <laughs> All right, I wanted to, okay, I'm going to, mm, I was about to disclaimer, but I'm not going to. Don't disclaimer, bro. I had a story prepared for tonight. I came in, I wanted to check one link I saw earlier, <laughs> and I went down an absolute rabbit hole, and I'm going to do my best to present my findings. So to start us off, I want to have kind of a discussion, contribute whatever you want or nothing, whatever. But the idea of vampires... I think is an ancient one that goes back and mm -hmm. principally you see it everywhere. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is a creature or entity or something taking the life force of another to live forever. And we talked a lot about longevity today and it's like that has everything to do with my story hmm. or my findings. Well, it's definitely very prevalent. Like if you go back and even like Native American times, like Aztecs, and they'll just eat the heart of their, their foe, take their power. Like every, most cultures have some sort some of form of that. Yeah. I know Polynesians be having that. It's like you eat their tongue, you eat their flesh, you gain their mana, mm. their power, and you become more strong. Oh, and I will preface this. I ain't talking about that Twilight bullshit. <laughs> no <laughs> knock on the movie. I love that movie. But I'm just saying like actual... The idea of like actual vampires. Oh yeah, did you ever watch that um, dark tourist episode? Where and to preface, like dark tourist on Netflix is basically this guy will go around the world doing dark tourism things. Like some places will let you shoot a cow or something like that. Going like to places Cambodia. where people don't yeah. want a vacation to. That too, yeah. They'll like go close That's to uh, like nuclear activity sites and stuff like that. But he goes down to New Orleans and gets in with this group of vampires, self-proclaimed vampires, and they will drink blood and stuff like that. And I think they even disclaim that it's not human blood, but we don't know. Huh. But still, it's like even prevalent today where people are very much into that. Hmm. Okay, so like throughout history, throughout time, throughout fairy tales, this theme exists. An older, let's say, crone, witch, man, woman, who wants to live forever, who feasts upon the life force, the blood, 
the mana, whatever, the spirit of a younger thing, right? Mm-hmm. Do you guys believe it exists, one, that people are doing it, and then do you believe it's real or possibly real? Yes to one. 100% that exists. Deej? No, it does not exist. Yes, it's entirely possible. Yes, that's a very contradicting <laughs> opinion. So you do, what, what, how do you not believe it exists? Like the idea of people feasting on the young. Uh, I'm talking about. Oh, I'm talking about the idea of living f- forever from that. Oh, okay. I don't know. There's no proven right now, like evidence. So until I like, I'm not believing it until I see it. All right. Which could be very soon, <laughs> Kevin. I believe that people are dumb enough to try it, but I don't think that it actually works. Okay. So let me just say, throughout history, there is a ton of documented instances of this happening. That's what, for the one I was saying, 100% so exists. it definitely exists. It definitely exists today, too, in different forms. A lot of conspiracy theorists believe it is alive and well. Now, we are entering into the well, realm, the realm, the realm, I, I went full DJ. <laughs> No, that was a lisp. (laughs) I could always say my letter R's. (laughs) Oh, that's me. That's my ancestors. I went to a (laughs) lelm. We are about to enter into the realm of conspiracy. It is a heavily prevalent conspiracy theorist that there is a cabal of elites, a pedophile ring, who feast upon children. More specifically, a compound called adrenochrome. Now, I asked Sean earlier, have you ever heard of that? And he was like, no. And I was shocked. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. DJ? Yeah. Yeah, oh, okay. Let's not name names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to get assassinated, bro. Yeah. My grandma Whoa. is always posting, like, pictures of that Soros dude. Soros? George, George, George Soros. Soros and, uh, that is a perfect example of a true belief that is out there. We are not condoning or confirming those things, but it is a super interesting thing that like a ton of people believe. This subject is so deep, so multifaceted, I could go on for hours. There's known cases of like North Fox Island. Mm. Okay, Uh, yeah. Uh, North Fox Island, known place where they were abusing children, right? right? Boys Town, Oklahoma, all these like pedophile rings that were busted. Yeah. Now... A lot of people believe that's just a pedophile ring where people were like sexually getting off. Mm -hmm. Some people believe they were doing rituals and things to feast upon like the life force of children. Well, I would lean towards both. (laughs) Like it's entirely possible that they believed that that was real, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that it's happening because they believe that it's real. So adrenochrome comes from adrenaline, Uh the stress compound in the body. Okay. And the belief is if the more you torture a child, the more you cause fear and you oxidize adrenaline, it creates adrenochrome. That is a known thing. People are known to take adrenochrome. You can get your hands on it for a certain amount of money. What does it do you taking that? It's supposed to like rejuvenate you and give you power and vivaciousness and you can live forever. And apparently it's some dope shit. I have no idea. This is exactly what a uh, doctor sleep was. Yeah, dude. It really, really is. Dr. Sleep, the novel and movie by Stephen King about a clan that went around the country scaring kids so bad. It's it's I think it's based off this. You know what I mean? 
much like the Institute, I think, is based off Elon. Dude, but it could. S- side note. So that exists. Mm-hmm. How real is it? I asked you. Let's get into it. Like the reality of it actually working. Mm-hmm. Okay. Many doctors in the past have tried it. There's this Russian dude with a crazy ass name I'm not even going to try to pronounce. He got really into blood transfusion. He had an assistant who reported that after going through this therapy, he was seven, nay, 10 years younger. His like visage had become, he said balding had halted and in reversed. He started growing hair. Wrinkles were going away. This dude was getting younger by transfusing younger blood into his. It's a process. He, he reported amazing results. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately, he died because he did a blood transfusion with a young person who had tuberculosis and malaria. So he <laughs> Bro, caught, you gotta check caught your the people big dead. Before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is, that is way back in 1924. So I don't know if they had the most stringent testing. Mm. So that's a really long time ago. The idea and knowledge out there is widely debated about how old this how old far back this blood transfusion goes, right? Mm-hmm. Recent studies. I okay, any biologist or chemist out there, I'm doing my best. <laughs> um, but I believe it's called heterochronic parabiosis. Verifiable studies involving mice have been coming out. The, the idea of parabiosis is the, I think the idea of like stitching two organisms together and causing them to share the same circulatory system. So they're both pumping blood. It's going out of one into the other coming back in. hundred percent. That's an X-Files episode, bro. I've seen that one. Oh, but it's a thing in mice. They legit do it. They have done it. I think it's a thing with like butterflies and shit. They've done it with different organisms, right? Uh-huh. Anglerfish do that. Oh, like when they envelop. Like male anglerfish melt themselves into the female body. That's how they inseminate them. And the females live longer because of it. Melts. Like they've found female anglerfish with like 17 males melted into them. Wild. Ooh, that was a hoe. <laughs> I know. <laughs> She's slang in that. But I ain't, I ain't shaming, dude. You do you. <laughs> yeah. Get your melts, girl. <laughs> anyway, recent studies and successful experiments of this sharing blood. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know, will it work? It's out there. It's in the literature. There's been reports on these transfusions. If you get healthy blood, put it into an old thing, reverse aging happens. Mm-hmm. So they get two mice, one old, one young. They inject the old one. Dude, they use the biggest words to explain this. So I'm going to (laughs) explain it to you what it's basically saying. They take an old mouse, take a young mouse, stitch them together. Uh They inject the old mouse with this like stress inducer that would like cause it to have adverse effects. Mm -hmm. Slowly share blood, circulates through both of them. And the young or old mouse not only doesn't have any adverse effects, adverse effects from it, but starts to have way positive effects from the young mouse blood being introduced to the old mouse. Totally like checkable. There's a ton of links. You can look at this all up and read about it. Bro, the graph there looks exactly like the X-Files episode too. They like attach the younger person to their back and like their spine so that they can get like the bone marrow or whatever it is, dude. Spinal fluid. Spinal fluid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the old people become like younger, like this actress 
was famous in the 60s <laughs> and still looked exactly the same in this time period in the episode. Oh, hell yeah. Bring that back, <laughs> boy. Let's develop this. So that's what people thought. <laughs> they were like, okay, it worked in mice, the natural progression. Let's make that shit happen in humans. So there is a company in America called Ambrosia. Ambrosia? As Vanity Fair reports, Ambrosia, which, which buys its blood from blood banks, now has about 100 paying customers. Some are Silicon Valley tech- technologists, like Thiel, Peter Thiel, or whatever, who was like a billionaire, apparently, or whatever. Anyone over the age of 35 is eligible. So what Ambrosia does is they get the blood of young, healthy humans, and you can have that shit transfused into you. What is Ambrosia? It's a company. But, but what like, is it? What where does it, it come from? Is that the stuff that old people eat? That Ambrosia dessert? Ugh. <laughs> it's like Cool Whip and like maraschino cherries. Dude, those are actually kind of good. <laughs> I'm not t- talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Sean you can't eats- come to my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that, that energy was. Well, Sh- Sean eats gas station hot dogs on the reg. <laughs> Bro, I mean, we've okay, all been there. Like once a week. On the reg? <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. That's just self-abuse, dude. Self-mutilation. Just kidding. Uh, apparently, ambrosia in the ancient Greek myths, ambrosia, blah, 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 is the food or drink of Greek gods, often depicted as conferring longevity and immortality upon whoever consumed it. Isn't ambrosia an apple, dude? Bro, I don't know. I think so, dude. Maybe where it comes from. Well, but like, yeah, they yeah. got that wrong with the salad. <laughs> from this definition, it's very fitting. So it's a company. There are a lot of su- it's it's expensive. Like a hundred different. They have a, at least a hundred cu- clients right now, and this article is from a while ago. And one costs like what? I, I millions. I don't think it's quite that expensive. Let me look. If we look at like these elites, though, like I feel like they're still aging. That's what I was gonna say. Some of them look. Like they're about to keel over. They look decrepit. Okay, let me. Who are ones who are not aging though? Let me put on my hat real quick. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> okay, tinfoil hat time. This is this is uh, conspiracy. Okay, because this whole time coming up wasn't. No, no, no. The ambrosia, the my shit. That's yeah, all one hundred percent. But the adrenochrome. I'm not. I'm not saying that's that's real. But it could be. <laughs> Dude, who fucking knows? Where do I want to go with this, Prince? Who's who's Queen Elizabeth's husband who recently passed? That was her brother, right? Probably thought, like George or something, dude. I thought he it was, was her Prince. husband. That he's that's the he's an ancient or he's a descendant of Vladimir the Impaler, aka Dracula. Yeah, and he would vacation in Transylvania in like Dracula's castle, and he started a program where he would have troubled youth from the village come stay with him in the castle so they could know what it's like to be. It's all very sus. A royal. Very fucking That's sus, super dude. sus. <laughs> and he lived for so long or whatever, and people were like, you look dead. You should not be alive. And a lot of people were like, bro, he is straight up. You know what I'm saying? 100%. Okay. Well, he's probably doing both, dude. We'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? They say a lot of people are into this. They have 100 known clients. A lot of the conspiracy theorists are like, bro, if they're telling us that now, they've probably had way more for way longer. This has probably gone on for a really long time. Case in point, 
There is a billionaire mm-hmm. by the name of Peter Nygaard. You guys ever heard of him? Name sounds familiar. So Peter Nygaard, you might have heard of him because recently he's made the headlines because he has been busted for a huge child sex trafficking ring. He is a billionaire from Canada. He's like a fashion like icon who like made jeans or some shit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Super powerful guy. Mm-hmm. He's brought down. He at one point hired a videographer from LA and he said, I want you to document everything I do. He told this videographer, Jesus is only so popular because he had a really good PR team. And so that was his mentality. He like wanted to be on that level. He wanted good PR. So he's like, I'm going to film everything. I'm going to put my narrative out there. Tell my story the way I want. Hired this dude from LA. This guy films everything for years. And he decided to come out and expose it all. And he's doing a podcast or he's a part of a podcast called evil by design. I don't know if it's out. I don't know if it's good. After this, I'm going to look it up and listen to it. But he, he told about his experience. He would be like at parties, Peter Nygaard sitting there, 13 year olds, 17 year olds, like young girls. He's like courted. He saw so much bullshit. He'd be filming. Peter would do like a signal and he'd stop filming. And then this guy said he would take them up to this room, do his thing. Right. He was a huge serial pedophile. Uh, sexually assaulted countless people. And he would have these things called pamper parties where he'd come and like give them everything they wanted. And then, yeah. So this dude, I don't know how much of this is real, but allegations come out from people who went to those pamper parties. Mm -hmm. And they said the way he would talk behind closed doors with them, he would say like, I'm a lion. I'm young. I will be young forever. I drink. He said he would talk about drinking the blood of young virgins to stay young. And a lot of these, like, girls were like, I thought he was just being on some, like, braggadocious shit. Like, my dick is so big. But the more they heard about all that, they were, like, wondering how real it was. Mm-hmm. So earlier I was researching, and <laughs> I'm star- I'm on my computer, and I go, oh! And Sean goes, what? And I was like, dude, uh, I don't, uh, I'll tell you on the pod. And he goes, it better be good. This, <laughs> this is what made me freak out. I looked up a picture of this dude who reckons himself the epitome of, like, youthfulness, right? Check this out. That's Peter Nygaard. Anyone want to describe him for the listeners? (laughs) Peter Nygaard. Nygaard. Um, He looks like... It's it's main villain vibes. Dude. Oh, James Bond villain vibes. Uh. Yeah. Disgusting. I don't know. Something about him is so unsettling to me. So creepy. Like, if you told me that was Dracula, I'd be like, yeah, no, that's for sure. Dude, he's not doing very well, though. Like, if you're trying to stay young forever, he's looking like a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. It's not working, bro. Stop. <laughs> Why is it that, like, most billionaires are pedos? Uh, I think it's kind of what... DJ talked about earlier though. I was going to bring that up, but he was, we were talking about the idea of living forever and it's like, would you really want to do that? Because the idea of scarcity makes it more precious. My personal theory is at some point you become a billionaire and even rappers and stuff. have talked about this. They've been able to do whatever they wanted. Everything is available. It's like if you could eat Oreos for every meal very quickly, you'd be like, 
I don't want to eat Oreos. You know what I'm saying? And so you, your mind goes to the forbidden. Also, you have an idea, and then it goes to, I, I want, want young children for every yeah. meal. Uh, <laughs> so the idea also of a God complex where you're just like, I am above everything, I think there's a lot of things playing into it. I mean, we heard about who's homie who was like eating people. Arm and Hammer. Arm and Hammer, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I think you're right, though. Like, for someone to be that wealthy and have everything be an option for them, eventually the things that are not an option are. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to be told no at that level. And you're not going to tell people about (laughs) it either, probably. Yeah. It's like, it's all about power. I mean, the conspiracy theory idea is they get you to commit those acts if, so if you and I, Kevin, want to make a bond, you and I both do something that's like super illegal, and then I know if you pull the trigger, I can pull it right back at you. And that bond is what bonds you. So there's a lot of people who think pedophilia is that mechanism that bonds all these elites because if they're like, hey, if you do something I don't like, I got a video of you. You got a video of me. You know what I'm saying? Mutually assured destruction. Okay. So have I changed your idea of its possibility at all? The possibility of what? Like it working? It potentially working. Uh, no. Interesting. This dude looks pretty gross. <laughs> I don't know if it works. I think to an extent. So, because there's like things, um, fecal transplants. Those are a real medicinal like thing. But people that have them. Take a poopy, stick it up my butt. Exactly. But it's it has to be like somebody with like super healthy gut health. Yeah. And that fixes your body. The idea is like your gut biome. Mm-hmm. If you take a if you take poop, this is a real thing. It's like a real procedure. You take poop from someone with a really good gut biome and you put it in someone who has a really effed up Beto's gut biome. <laughs> and it fixes a lot of stuff. <laughs> so I mean it's I like know, take a penny, leave a penny. Yeah. Take I, a shit, leave a shit. I, <laughs> I know it's not necessarily like I drink the blood of kids and I become super young, but principally there's there's something to it. And I think principally People definitely believe that it exists and is a real thing. So, and, did you know that Jehovah's Witnesses don't believe in blood transfusion? Yes. Because <laughs> it says something about it in the Bible? Yep. So, I mean, there's got to be something to it. Because J-Dub said it? No, because it's in the Bible. Oh, yeah. Totally. Well, and I think, too, that <laughs> the... It also says in the Bible that women should not speak. <laughs> So quiet, oh wench. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> don't be pulled by my double <laughs> um, I think that there's definitely some reality to infusing younger blood, though, because... There, there is. There's study and evidence. Yeah. So And the idea of, like, stem cells. Yeah. But for how long does it work? That's a qu- good question. And, and does it reverse effects or just make you feel revitalized? Like Apparently reverse. So in this is where we're in right now. Well, what they've released is now they're doing it on humans and they're getting closer and closer to finding those mechanisms that are happening on a cellular level that might give them the answer to be like, oh, if we introduce this, if we turn off this mechanism, we might be able to like stop that shit from happening. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily, it's not like a, crazy thing that just like your gray hair goes away but they're getting close to like figuring out and if you do give it 50 years they might have figured it out by then yeah okay let's uh let's run with this so let's say it's true what affects let's say potency this kid versus that kid like an unhealthy kid 
Well, obviously, if they got tuberculosis or malaria, (laughs) skip. (laughs) Um, With the blood transfusion, they want like healthy twenty-year-olds or something like that. Is what I've been, what I've heard. Okay. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people who are born with a lot of like advantages. Like, there's some people who can sleep for four hours or less, and they're a hundred percent okay. It's like four percent of people. It's gotta have something to do with like blood type too. Because yeah. you know how some people can donate to everyone, some people can't donate to shit because they're terrible. <laughs> yeah. Probably lighter skin too. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, good effect. Take my yeah. blood. I'm the lightest skin. <laughs> give, it, give it to me. All right. So what is all this? What am I getting to? I don't know. But where do a lot of these? Where does this start? Where do we first see this? Wait, real quick. So that means I'm safe. You're safe. <laughs> Nobody a, wants our blood. I'm a fourth safe. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You guys are at risk. I'm very at risk, dude. I'm not that healthy. <laughs> oh. Sean? But if they like offer me a shit ton of money to be like, give to your family or friends to take your body, I would do it. Be like, you guys can all be rich and I'll just and I, die. I don't necessarily think. They have to, like, die. You know what I'm saying? But if I had to, I would die for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sean just out here trying to die. Just trying to find an excuse and out. Okay, but I you need to kill me, though? Or? Sign up for, like, some government testing program that could potentially give me superpowers. I'm all about that. What if the superpower is, like, <laughs> autism? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. like That's, like, their, their main tagline. It's like, I can't understand emotion, but I can tell you what date. Every day, what you know? <laughs> it's like that's great. <laughs> I don't know. Give and take, right? Yeah. What does this all come from? Where do a lot of this folklore come from? That's what I'm going to be getting into. It's a beefy intro, right? <laughs> we are going to be talking about Elizabeth Bathory. She was a Hungarian noblewoman from the family of Bathory who owned the land in the kingdom of Hungary. Now. Modern day Hungary, Slovakia, and Romania. So, Transylvania, Dracula, here we go. This is where a lot of people think she is the inspiration for Bram Stoker's Dracula. Hmm. So, Elizabeth Bathory, not only was she super wealthy, super knowledgeable, she knew a ton of languages, power, she had kingdoms and provinces. She was also possibly one of the most prolific women serial killers or female serial killers. Skill. 100% body and will. Reason to remember the name. (laughs) Reason to kill. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I will be going into her for our patrons. If you want to know, go to our patreon.com slash the 3M pod to hear the rest of this story. We're back. Y'all just missed the most gruesome history class I've ever been in. Bro, that might be the most gruesome story we've had. Yeah, if you're into torture, you've got to pay that four quarters <laughs> or eight quarters. <laughs> Dude, that four quarters, bro. Because I laid it out there, dog. Uh, that was crazy. That's me tonight, though. Let's close this up. Let's do it. All right, so this story comes out from... Yowl Ministries. So they sent us an email, and it was pretty short, one short paragraph, and they introduced themselves as Yowl Ministries, and they said, this is our story. We're, uh, they're not big at all. No fancy production. 
which to me feels authentic is like why why are you doing this why would you why else would you do this if you're not like trying to get money or a lot of attention if there's not a lot of attention put into it basically it was a link that led to a youtube video of uh, a woman named tisha telling her experience uh getting haunted by a demon <laughs> so tisha did make it pretty clear her intention that i'm doing this because for most of this time I had nobody to turn to. So if there's just one person out there experiencing anything similar, I'd like them to know that they're not alone and they can come talk to us. Mm-hmm. So it's her and her husband running this ministry. But it started in, I think, 2013. They lived in Idaho and they moved to Washington. Found a house that they, they liked. They had just found out that they were going to have their first kid. and They were really excited for that. The house that they found was this cute little quaint house at the top of a hill they had one neighbor next to them on the hill and then uh it was pretty open but they moved in and an uneventful while later somebody family friend through her mom or something was visiting and she barely knew this woman who was visiting the mom i I think the mom was there too bringing them over and this was their first time meeting the friend's husband Right before they leave, the husband says, I have to tell you, I've been fasting for some time. Not for anything in particular, but while fasting, I had a dream about your basement. And he's pointing things out in the house. Again, this is their first time there, and she's never met him. But he's calling things out in the house that he should not have known. You know, He's saying things like, Baby, at this point, baby's here. Uh, Baby usually plays here while you sit specifically on that part of the sofa uh, watching TV. That's most of your day. Is that right? She says, yeah, that that is right. This is what he's seeing in the dream. Um, But he tells her, basically, in your basement, there is something that lives that's not of this world. It's not your fault. It's here because of innocent blood that was shed a long time ago but it wants to hurt you and it wants to hurt your baby immediately she thinks it's weird (laughs) for sure she's like yeah (laughs) thanks for coming see you later okay bye uh they they leave she doesn't pay too much attention to it because nothing's happened yet shortly after a couple days later she has a dream and in the dream there's a woman talking about the same demon woman that she i I think it's some stranger woman regardless it's telling her about the same demon living in her house she said you'll know that this dream is that i'm telling the truth here in your dream because you're going to wake up and you're going to find your fridge open that's the sign wakes up here's her baby crying oh i need to go get milk runs to the kitchen And is staring at an open fridge. Still doesn't think too much about it. From then on, more weird things start to happen around the house. Things like uh, footsteps on the outside porch. Knocks. Scratching in the walls. They actually call an exterminator to have uh, them come and check it out. No rats. He did find the biggest infestation of black widows that he's ever seen. (laughs) But cleared that out. 
started getting a little more weird with electronic disturbances, non-dimming lights, dimming. Uh, Her husband grew up with his father as an electrician, Mm. and he learned a lot of the trade. So when it started happening enough, he rewired everything, replaced everything, Mm -hmm. and it still happened. So these things slowly start creeping up, all these different events adding up to something larger. Till one day, Tisha's using the bathroom. She's a stay-at-home mom. She didn't want to leave her baby alone, so the baby's in the bathroom with her. When they're kind of in rural Washington, wolves break in. What? Enter the bathroom and start attacking her child. The dingo ate my baby. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, this is not funny. I'm so sorry. No disrespect on your name. Tisha wakes up. Dude, I was like, what is happening? I was so confused, too. Oh I was like, gosh. bro, we know we had the wolves, but they never got in the house. Oh my Tisha wakes up in her dark bedroom to the sound of grunts and a struggling voice. She looks to her side on the bed. It's her husband struggling in his sleep, screaming with his mouth closed. So she starts shaking him. Are you okay? Wake up. He shoots up before she can even tell him. He says, I just had a dream that our son was being eaten by wolves. Yikes. More dreams. She has a dream that uh, there's a banshee in her room, her bedroom, long face, screaming at her. She has another dream where this salesman comes and knocks on their door. Her husband opens it. And she immediately senses that this, this person is false. They're not there to sell a product. They have ulterior motives. And in her dream, she watches this man. In her dream, baby crawls up to the door. The man looks down at the baby, grabs him, takes him to the street, takes a bat out of his car, start beating her baby. What the fuck is going on? Dude. Intense dreams. She's barely getting sleep, and when she is, it's not restful. Whatever's happening starts manifesting itself a little more physically. She's in the kitchen one day, and there's an orange glow that starts getting brighter. She's thinking, I don't have any, any lights that would produce, you know, that color. And then she smells it. Smoke. And she turns around, and this glow's coming from her bedroom. So she rushes to the room, and sure enough, one of the light bulbs... Neck, uh, on her nightstand had exploded and the lampshade was uh, had, had caught fire. She ran and she put that out. That's just one of the many things that kept adding up. And she keeps saying in the video, and you can, I'll, we'll link this for you guys to go and watch. Uh, she keeps saying in the video, I don't, and I'm not sure why. She's like, I don't have enough time to tell you everything that happened. The, these are just some of the things that, ha- that has happened to our family and uh watching her in the video the whole time glassy eyes and very somber so make what you will from it but let me continue with uh what else happens weird stuff happening uh happens physical manifestations then her son starts to wake up every day screaming 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 and she doesn't know why she tries to comfort him nothing seems to be wrong with him But it happens enough where 
She's concerned, takes him to the doctor. Doctor uh, diagnoses him with night terrors. She's like, it's, it can't be night te- just night terrors, you know. Do night terrors physically harm you, you know, cause these weird things to happen? She decides ultimately to put her son in daycare and go back to work because all day her husband is, is at work and she, they're home alone. So she's just thinking, at least I don't have to be, we don't have to be alone in that house. We can make a little more money and uh, we'll be okay. That didn't quite work because as soon as she started her new job, she came home and found a dead cat in their front yard. One of its eyes were missing and its neck was broken, head turned completely around. Her son starts getting sick. He starts coughing blood one day. I'm sure they went to the doctor. She, I, I don't remember her elaborating on this bit, but she didn't want him to be left with the daycare while he was sick. So mm. she quit her job and they went back home where she could do what, you know. I know she doesn't know what she can do, but she's just trying to do what, do her best, I guess. Um, so they're, they're back home, and it starts ramping up even more. Uh, not only are there physical manifestations, but now visual. She starts seeing things in the house, in the corner of her eye. Dark figures, shadows. She keeps having weird dreams, more animals, polar bears bursting into their house, eating her child. It's so crazy. Um, it's at this point she's forced to watch a like paranormal TV shows just to see what other people experienced, what they did about it. Research. Yeah, research. More of the physical harm starts coming. When Tisha wakes up, she said, there was a hand in my chest and it grabbed my neck and started to choke me from the inside. Oh. oh. I am struggling. My husband wakes up and notices, crying. I can't breathe. I'm being choked by what? You know, they pray. Uh, this whole time, they're, they're very religious. They talk about uh, trying to get help from, from fellow church people. People don't know what to do, how to help, or just give terrible advice. But they pray. They're like, they, get a Ouija board. <laughs> Challenge it. They pray, go back to bed. An hour later, same thing happens. I'd be pissed, bro. But like, don't F with my sleep. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. talks about how, you know, it's easy to say, why don't you just move? Yeah. She said, we're, we were poor. We didn't have any family, really. There were no friends close enough for us to even crash on their couch. And we actually tried to, we put the house uh, up for sale. Mm-hmm. For months and months, not one person came by. Damn. So we tried. Um, but that same night, uh, she got choked again. An hour after the first time, they pray, they go back to sleep, and then they wake up again, and it's their son screaming. Husband runs to his room, picks him up. She follows soon after. He already has him in his arms, bouncing him, trying to comfort him. She turns on the light, and dude, I have chills uh, thinking about her telling this bit, but there's blood on his shirt. Blood on his shirt, and she's immediately... She, she's already concerned, but her concern heightens even more. She runs up to him, looks at baby, and there's bruises on his face. Hmm. 
on both of his cheeks and his lips. But she said the bruises looked like fingerprints. As if uh, I thought when she told it, it sounded like somebody like squeezed. You know when you squeeze like somebody's cheeks like that, but hard enough to bruise. And then some cuts on his lips that caused the blood on on like the or dad's shoulder. So after that specific instance, that's when she starts doing like extending her research outside of paranormal TV shows. So she reaches out to uh, paranormal investigators, which was against the judgment of her fellow church members. I guess they're, they were all superstitious saying, you know, they, maybe they dabble with, you know, evil spirits and probably read Harry Potter. Yeah. So (laughs) drink monster. Yeah. Oh shit. Don't. Don't talk to them. I understand that. You're like a Christian, super uber Christian's like hesitancy with like, you know, yeah. maybe they'll like heighten yeah. it or like attract it more. Mm. Yeah. They didn't help her. So yeah. what else? So she went to the paranormal investigators. She talked to her neighbors. She went to the library to try to read the history of the house. And from that research, she was able to learn a few things. The neighbor told her that somebody died in that house and it happened while the neighbor was still living there. So they were there to kind of watch everything happen. Not I- exactly the events, but See all the commotion. Unfold. Yeah. Yeah. Ambulance and police and stuff. Damn. That person was shot in the head and their body was dragged through the back door. Uh, she also learned from the paranormal investigators, they confirmed that the house was haunted. And she's like, great. We already knew that. What do we do with that information? You know, how do I get this out? And they said, well, let's, uh, let's set up like cameras, things like that. Try to get some evidence. And she's like, I don't care about seeing this thing. I just want this thing gone. Yeah. It's so funny. I can like see that playing out in my head. These nerds just being like, maybe we can see an orb. And she's like, bitch, we know there's something attacked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, not, not much long after that, their mother-in-law visits, her mother-in-law visits. At this point, dad's parents were the only ones they didn't tell. Can't remember exactly why. Something about, I don't know if they had like a strained relationship or something like that, but they, it would just make the rela- like some part of the relationship more complicated if they told them. So they just decided to keep them blind to that whole situation. Mm-hmm. But she came and visited, which was kind of comforting, helping around the house. Since she's a stay-at-home mom. And one night, it was later, 8 o'clock, Tisha and her husband were like, can you watch, baby? We're going to run to the store, grab some snacks, Good luck. and like get like a red box and something. And we'll watch a movie when we come back. So, cool. They're gone 30, 40 minutes. They come back home. They walk up to the porch. Uh, Tisha walks to the back of the house where I think there's like a coat rack or something. And she hangs her, her, her coat there. And there's the back door. Right there. And in the back door or on the back door, there's kind of like a lacy uh, curtain covering the window. And she can see as there's a figure as if it's walking closer. And the shadow of the figure covers the window more. And she steps back and there's a loud bang as if it's trying to get in. And it starts shaking the doorknob. So she freaks out, turns around, starts, tries to go back to her husband to tell him what happened and before she can say anything he says you should hear what mom just just saw she tells them and from mom's point of view 
they were walking up the porch and they had the same kind of like lacy curtain on the front door as well. And she saw her son. So she opens the door to nothing. She said, are you sure? And she said, I know my son's face. He said, stand outside, stand outside. And they close the door. She said, this is exactly what it looked like as if he was standing right outside the door. She said, but he was with me the whole time we were at the store. Unexplainable. I don't think anything else happened further with the, the door in the back. But all these crazy physical manifestations to not just her, but her husband and now mother-in-law. There's some sense of validation, but more and more she's just not wanting to deal with this. And it's taking a toll on their relationship and their uh, physical and mental and spiritual health. Tisha said, this demon was now taking shape of my family. Uh, the, the very next day, actually, uh, she let her boy, who I think is one at this point, he's watching Thomas the train, and she's in the kitchen, and she hears, Mommy, 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 starts crying. And she walks up, and he's, like, pointing at the television, and she's thinking, is there something weird going on with you like, I, I was thinking about like a, the way she describes it is a you know pennywise and it mm. when they're watching uh, the tv show and he's like in the tv show mm-hmm. she was watching for something like that she said it just seemed normal but that happened several times with him watching just regular children shows uh she wasn't sure if it was also taking shape through i don't know media that was another weird thing that happened um another paranormal team ended up coming by and as soon as they walked in one of their head or lead uh, psychics also confirmed that their house was haunted. She said, what makes you, uh, Tisha says, what makes you say that? She said, there's a growling coming from your basement or coming from under the house. And uh, you can go down the porch and there's a, is it lattices? Yeah. 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 Covering. And sure enough, they heard the growling, but they never noticed until the psychic pointed it out. It was a girl. Uh, she says, I want to check this out more. Can I go into your basement? She says, sure, check out whatever you want. Take the time that you need. Goes into the basement and is so shook and refuses to go back down into the basement when she comes up. She explains that when she was down there, something hugged her from behind, started squeezing, squeezing, squeezing until she couldn't breathe. And then she got punched in the neck. That's what she described. She said, this place is obviously not safe. While they were talking about, you know, what they could possibly do next, one of the curtains blew up from the window, and this was a sealed window. It didn't open. No wind. And they're all looking at each other, like, Tisha's saying, you guys saw that, right? And they're all saying, yes, we saw that. They, one of the sidekicks, I think, sees something from the past about, like, pioneers in the area, how that, like, affected... What's happening now, she reiterates, that's not important to me. I don't care about the history. I just want this thing gone. Uh, She names a couple more experiences of her seeing uh, lightning in the house, orbs that look like marbles, but were were emitting light during the daytime too sometimes that were brighter than outside light, uh, both her and her husband. She reached out to uh, her cousin, Cousin actually owned the house and sold it to them. Dirty. Yeah. She reached out to her cousin. Said, did you ever have anything strange happen here? He said, there was one time 
where I was home all by myself. I used the bathroom, came out, and the back door was open. I didn't think much of it, closed it, and that was that. Talked to the cousin's wife or, or uh, sister who, like, cleaned the house a lot. I was like, did you have any experiences here? She said, I, I saw uh, orbs of light, which were the same. She described them, and it sounded like the same kind of marble emitting light that she saw. But I never felt threatened by it. Huh. But that that's that with me. I didn't see anything else. The paranormal team, the second one, the one that got punched in the neck and the curtain blew up, came back and said, we're going to cleanse your house uh, is, and we need it for the night. Is there a place you can stay? They reach out to somebody from the church, I think, or some family or family friend. They say, sure, you can come crash on the floor. That's all the space that they had, I guess. So they feel somewhat relieved, hoping that this paranormal team can take care of something and that they're in another space for once, you know. (laughs) Maybe you could sleep. Yeah. They get to the place and they set up shop while they're doing that. The father of the house says, why does it smell like dog shit here? Wait, wait. her husband or the guy who owns this house? The guy who owns this new house says, why does it smell like dog fecal matter? And everyone starts smelling it. And she, she says in the video, the spirit followed us to that house. <laughs> we started smelling it. It was really bad. We tried to f- find the source. Couldn't. So we all just went to sleep. I was the last one to go to bed. Oh, We're laying on the living room floor. My eyes are closed. And I feel it. I open my eyes. And it's above my face. And this is the first time that I'm looking at it. She said it looked like the Urukai from Lord of the Rings. It looked like a human except for its teeth and eyes. Its eyes were like a cat or a snake. Had long black wiry hair. And it said Saruman. Man flesh. flesh. (laughs) Looks like meat's back on the menu, boys. Yeah, they don't need them. (laughs) Super muscular. Oh, <laughs> she commanded it in the name of Jesus to leave, and it ends up leaving, dude. But this was the most visual element of this of the story. They return home in the morning. The paranormal team leaves. She she's walking through the house and she says, "It's the same. Nothing feels different." The next day, son is in uh, playing in, in another room, and then it gets quiet, and she hears the son say, Hi, what are you doing? And she slowly walks into the other room, and she sees him standing at the top of the cellar stairs, staring down, chit-chatting with whatever's down there. She grabs him. This whole time she says, I don't want to show this thing that we're afraid but obviously, I'm trying to keep my son safe. <laughs> right. So she says, don't talk to it. Let's go play in your room. They go to his room, and all of his toys are in a pile in the middle of the floor. It wasn't, I don't think it was like that before. Not only that, all the toys are moving, flashing, lights, making all the sounds, music on its own. 
So here she calls the team to come back, the paranormal investigators. She's on the phone. She says, you have to come back. Didn't work. Everything is amping up even more. So the church was right. They say, we've done everything we can do right now. This is between you and God. And they put the ball in her court. So up until this point, she's tried as best as she could to be strong. And she's like, put up this defense. Like, don't be afraid. Just keep trying to live our normal lives as best possible. She said, I had never directly engaged or challenged or tried to address this demon because I had seen it and I'd seen its power. I'd seen what it could do. And I was honestly afraid I would be picked up and slammed against the wall or harmed or that my son would be harmed as well. So she only had one option left. And instead of being on the defense, she decided to go offensive. And for her, what that meant was letting it all out. She said, I was taught that, you know, about consecrated oil from the scriptures. And we had some in the house. I went to every room and all of my emotions from the last couple of years or last year or so came out and I was pissed and didn't hold back. I got her feelings off. Yep, got her feelings off. I yelled at this thing. I commanded it to leave in the name of God. I did it in every room. I brought my oil with me, sprinkled it everywhere. And this, I think it lasted about an hour. So mad, so much rage. They made it through the rest of that day without any incident. She said it was the most peaceful day she's felt. And the next day, peaceful. And the next day, peaceful. And it stayed that way. After about six months or so, I contacted Art Bell. Oh. Do you know Art Bell? Yeah. He's a famous broadcaster, author. He deals with a lot of uh, paranormal. Has people tell their stories on the radio. He's since passed. But she emailed him and told him her story. And he said, people need to hear this. At first she was hesitant. She was like, I'm not trying to do this for any reason except for what I said earlier. There's someone out there experiencing anything similar. I just want them to know they're not alone like I was. Um, I, I didn't mention, but her and her husband were kind of struggling with this. A lot of this, her husband didn't really believe her, I think. Um, he does now, and they're working together to like spread this story and spread their experience, but it, it took a lot. But yeah, she, she told Art this, uh, I just want to reach out to the one person, you know, who might be going through this. Coast to coast. Yes. So she emails him and it's the first time she's like acknowledging, like talking about it, her experience since she flipped to the offensive. She said, that might have been a mistake. A few days after I emailed Art, I woke up because the sun was, was coming up. I was dipping in and out of sleep. I had to take my, my kid. And she said I had to uh, drop my kid off somewhere that day. But my husband kindly rolled over and said, I'll take him before I go to work. She's like, that'd be really nice. I'm so tired right now. So she's like dipping in and out of sleep. Every time she wakes up, uh, her husband's making breakfast. Next time she wakes up, he's getting ready, dressing. 
She wakes up again, and her little boy's peeking over the bed, holding her hand. Then she wakes up again, and her husband uh, kisses her on the forehead and says, I'll see you later. And she, she's dozing off as she listens to them, walking out of the house and pull out of the driveway. She wakes up. Once again, she sees her boy's head looking over the bed at her and holding her hand. She's like, oh, yeah, they haven't left yet. She thinks twice. No, I've been through this already. And they already did leave. And she's feeling this hand in her hand. She said, this hand is warm. And as she's realizing this, something pushes her into the bed. Her whole body. She can't move. She's struggling. She's trying to move. She's trying to move. And as soon as she breaks free, she reaches for her cell phone. And she's like, I have to. I I need my husband right now. Dials his number real quick. It's ringing. And she hears the same growling that came from underneath their house. She's saying, this happened. There's no other way for me to, to tell you besides this story. But this happened. I heard growling. And I said, I know who you are. And you're not welcome in my house. And the response she got was, I know who you are. She hears a click. She throws her phone to the side. And everything starts coming back. Sound of birds. The sound of the house. She said, I've been through this and I can do it again. And she does the same thing. She gets her feelings off. Goes through the house. And since that day, it's been years. Nothing else has happened. They were able to move. They moved two or three times. Nothing's happened since then. Hasn't followed. And she actually joined the paranormal investigator team. Oh, nice. And they made her like their lead sidekick. And she talks about that. And she's like, they can call me whatever they want. I feel like God wants me to reach people through this. And some of my friends at church don't like this. But I didn't like what happened more. Yeah. Makes sense. What religion are they? I don't know. Uh, you could probably search that. They have a website. Um, I didn't read too much into what they currently do. This YouTube, it's a three-part, this YouTube video is a three-part series. But her and her husband, like, have studied demonology now for the past couple of years. Tried to understand it more. Is their names Ed and Lorraine? She actually came into contact with uh, Ed and Lorraine. After joining the paranormal investigator, she said she's linked up with other famous paranormal investigators. And uh, yeah, we've shoot the shit. But she, she she ends the video by saying this. I feel called to help people that go through this. I hope they come and they can find this video. I just want to share with you that there's hope. If you're experiencing this, I want you to know the strategy of the enemy comes down to one thing, and that's fear. It's what they feed on. Bro. Amen. I'm not going to lie. When you said she picked up her phone and something responded, I was 25% sure you were going to say, are you scared yet? Because you're on scared taxes. I was like, uh, damn. You've just been punked. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. 
these are the videos that were sent to us. That's wild. She's pretty eccentric. So, I mean, not a bad thing. Totally. Um, I read the prompt as it came into our email. The The prompt is it very eccentric. It made me feel things, dude. I was like, whoa, this is different. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I think that's one of the scariest stories I've heard since starting the podcast. Yeah. For that's some reason. pretty scary. Also, I watched a tiny bit of the first, so I know what she looks like. I know how. It, and it's like, she's not putting on a show. She's straight up just telling you it feels like what she believes like happened or, you know what I'm saying? Yikes. Uh, um, what I shared was part one and part two. I never watched part three because I didn't have enough time. But by the end of part two, I was like, is this it's the resolved. last video? Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder what part three has in store. So maybe if it's good enough, we'll share. But uh, yeah, like I said, we'll link it for people to, to go and watch. That's the story of the South Hill Haunting. I believe. South Hill Haunting. Wild. But thank you, Tisha, and uh, your husband for sharing the story. Yep. Thank you. Guys, a good night. Good night of stories. Oh, yeah. Had some spooky tales today. I forgot to tell you guys something. I love you. No. No. I've been having scratches on my back. Scratches on your back? Like I have one now. And like a week ago I had three. No, (laughs) that's the thing. My wife saw them. She's like, why do you have scratches on your back? And I was like, oh, I'm not cheating. (laughs) (laughs) But I have one right now. It's like long and it's like down the middle. It's weird. That is weird. Also, you know the nature preserve near my home? Oh, yeah. I saw something else. I went another... I have a very specific route I take. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go a whole new way. And I found something. So I'll show you guys real quick. It's kind of weird. It is, it, is this what you sent us the other day? Yurt. All right. So we're out in the nature reserve. Lucy's eating a stick. And it's the place I always find the weird stuff. So I uh, went a new trail I've never gone, and I found a new thing. So I will show you. Okay, come on. Okay, Luce, what'd we find? Bro, you're haunted for sure, man. <laughs> so Charles is walking through these woods, and there is a huge circle with a cross in the middle of it. I'm not gonna lie, made out of sent- wood and uh, branches and logs. It looks mad pagan, bro. When it you does sent the picture, pagan. I thought it was a lot smaller. I didn't realize it was this big. Oh, it's huge. I thought it was that big, huh? <laughs> That's what they say to me. They're all like, wow, I thought it, was, <laughs> thought it was a lot bigger. And then you got freaking scratches on your back, bro? Yeah, maybe I might cut that part. I don't know. That's a little... But I do. It's weird. Anyway. Fucking hell, dude. Uh, it's weird. It looks mad pagan, and it looks set. Like, it's been there for a long time. Huh. Like, the wood is, like, sun-bleached and cracked. It's, like, dead wood. None of it's, like, fresh or anything. Here's the thing, though. I've been running in this area. I've never seen anything. Charles is the only one who sees anything. I said this before. You've done it probably a handful of times. 
I do it every day. So I've explored like every part of it. My thought is that you might know the person who's setting these crop circles. Sean. Oh, are you telling it's me too? yourself? Oh. I mean, that would explain like, I don't know, a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that would be weird. I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. It's odd. It's it's like I'm not saying, oh my gosh, like there's but it's yeah. just weird. It's weird features yeah. I keep yeah. coming across in yeah. the same place. Yeah. So maybe there's just some eccentric artist who thinks who fancies him or herself like oh, like provocative. A little bit of a red flag though. But I just keep coming across all this weird stuff out there, which in any wilderness setting is unsettling because your mind immediately like goes to amplifies the, it. Yeah. Yeah. So you ever been in the spiral jetty? Oh, up by uh, Salt Lake? Past Salt Lake. It's far, dude. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's in the Salt Lake. It's yeah. in the Salt Lake. Which, Salt Lake is really maybe the most disappointing lake. <laughs> <laughs> right next and to And most Utah disappointing lake. salt, probably, <laughs> too. Um, now, Spiral Jetty is just an art installation mm. done by this dude in, like, the 60s. State paid him, like, a pretty coin for it. And he just like make, yeah, he makes like a spiral in the salt flats. It's huge. Um, Made out of rocks. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing, dude? So. I've met people. That's neat. (laughs) I know people who have gone in this, so it's pretty cool. And like, it kind of feels surreal. I went there. I wouldn't agree. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like. You know when people stack rocks? Uh, yeah. Some cairns? Yeah. In the wilderness? Like, I don't know. It's, it's like that on a bigger scale. And it's like, I look at it, and I'm like. it's a path you can actually walk on, I thought. Yeah. But you could also make that a So? Just because I can walk on it, it's cool? Like. I hate out here. I'm on DJ's team on this one. Okay, initially I told all of you guys, you guys were like uninterested. Now you guys are trying to I think me. it's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> no, dude, I'm with you. I, I think it looks lame. No, bro. I'm just kidding. I'm just trying to be a contrarian. <laughs> I feel you. There is a spiral, a rock spiral out. I actually, I was thinking. Rocks in a desert, big deal. Like, I want to take you guys to all of these things in, in the nature reserve sometime. Yeah. What you need to do next time is call us up right when you're there and we'll come so that we can see it. While it's there. So I have to wait like an hour and a half. Yeah. You got to hide, bro, so that something doesn't find you and do whatever. No, nah, just come out with me and I'll show you. Yeah, I'm down. Did you guys see the video I posted on our story of the crows? Dude. Oh, yeah, dude. They're that all like kind of creepy. They're bro. all like paying homage to the their crow. Their who, fallen crow. Who brethren. got like run over by a car or something. But they're all like standing on the side of the road with their wings out like this. All my dead chromies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's so crazy. I've never seen anything like it's that. Honestly, they're probably just waiting to eat him. It looks weird. I Did mean, you see the video? But somebody it somebody was talking about how they're they love bird watching and they said crows are smart enough and mourn their dead. They're known to mourn their dead. Yeah, they're I like mean, one of the smartest animals. People do that too, so is that creepy? <laughs> yes. Not it sure. is creepy though. Like I don't know why anyone would mourn a dead person like they're That's dead. weird, dude. I gotta close. Let's, I gotta get out of here, guys. <laughs> no, you're good. Yeah, it's so late. I'm so tired. I have an hour drive. It takes me like an hour to get home. An on hour? It takes me a long ass time. <laughs> and I drive fast. Uh, guys, thank you so much. Crazy stories. Interested to hear part three if it's good. Yeah. Always love a Skinwalker story. 
Them skinny boys. Hopefully you guys learn something about blood and longevity. Mm. Vivaciousness, vitality. Yeah. Um, demons. Them scary things. There's scary stories for me, and then there's demon stories. And demon stories are a whole new level. I'm already being like, gosh damn it, I'm going to have to watch a Disney movie tonight to go to bed. <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Uh, but anyway, it's been fun. We love you all. We hope everyone out there is doing well. Uh, feel free to reach out to us anytime. All of our socials are the 3 a.m. pod. You can go to our website, the3ampodcast.com. Uh, download the episodes, share a friend. If you have a story, send it in. We appreciate it so much. Uh, we love you guys. And with that, bye, love you, be safe. Be careful out there. Love you guys. Trust your guy, watch your back. Bye, everybody. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3 a.m. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the3am pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Something is creeping Don't follow it down Let me introduce you to Barry Clue, an authorised financial advisor from New Zealand and a very special kind of stain on humanity. He was a very uh, knowledgeable young guy. He was a registered financial advisor. Type of guy that was bending over backwards to help you. Now you could be forgiven for thinking that Barry sounds like a great guy. And you'd be right. Well, right up until the point... When you're wrong. It was all fictitious. You stole from my son who has a disability. Chris never knew. He died believing that we're all taken care of. A psychopath is somebody who lacks empathy, acts impulsively. I think there's a strong case that Barry might be all of those things, actually. To find out how Barry Clue stole over $15 million from 81 victims, subscribe to Clueless, the long con. That's Clueless, spelt K-L-O-O-G-H-L-E-S-S. Oh.